Hello, welcome to podcast five, and it's a long one uh, this week, but hopefully really, um, really insightful and um, some you know a podcast that people can get something from. I speak to my good friend John McLennigan, who is uh, one of my closest friends and has been since I was sixteen years old. We talk about how we met and how we became so close on the podcast and the reasons for it. But John basically gave up uh, drinking alcohol about uh, seven years ago, so two years before me, and a big reason as to what made me think that I should do it too, because me and John were drinking buddies. He was all of a sudden not drinking, and I started to see the improvements that he was uh, making to his life and how much better he was looking and feeling and it was a big reason for me um, to say to myself, you know what, I think I I should do that too because we both were basically um, the same when it came to our issues and problems with, with alcohol. So the podcast is main is basically all, most of it is talking about um, alcohol and how it kind of affected us and almost destroyed us and how we have gotten to where we are now and the people that we are now without it. And hopefully, as I say, if anyone is in a similar situation where they feel that it might be affecting them, can listen to this and take something from it, definitely. Um, And I appreciate John coming on and speaking so open and honest about everything. It can't be easy uh, to do that. Um, So, yeah. Big thanks to him, and here it is, episode five with John. <laughs> what, was, what was that? A pumping USB. How we doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Good, my man. I'm good. Good. Good to have you on the the podcast. Welcome. It's good to be here. We day off work, so what's been happening? Better wait. Not seen you in a long time. Mate. I know it's been a while. Just summer holidays, you know. Summer holidays. Oh, the kids. Kids. Daisy's back at school, Oliver's a toddler running about, climbing stuff, throwing himself off stuff, eating anything. You still got that lovely hair? Oh aye. That's what it matters. I'll get it done. <laughs> Oliver or me? Oliver. Oliver. Aye. What are you thinking? You there? I'm thinking me. Did you cut your hair off No. Nah, it's hiding. I'll get it later. Aye, okay, we'll see that shit later. <laughs> nah, lovely, lovely brave heart here. Oliver's just mad. He's, he's just running about wild and... It's fun, man. It's, it's a big change. It'd be good to see him again, man. He was just a little tiny baby last Aye. time. So. Can he talk? He's getting big. You can say some words like the usual kind of like family members' names, Aye. like stuff like that. But Smoko, 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 Loco. <laughs> like he'll, he'll say like he'll say like like different words, different days, and then he'll just come out with something one day. So I'm just hoping one day he doesn't start like. Saying some lyrics to the songs I listen to. No, I can imagine. I that, just mate. listen to rap. <laughs> no, not good. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes, man. But good how, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, pretty mental week, but uh, it's obviously Friday night. What time is it? Half eight. So do this, and then that'll be me at home. This is a good the weekend. To what we're doing because it's Friday night in Glasgow city centre at twenty thirty minutes past eight. Or half eight would be easier. Um, and do you think where we would normally be at half? On the Heinies, zero percent. We're sitting here drinking fake beers. 
which kind of sets us up nicely for <laughs> what we're talking about. Well, exactly. Well, the next thing is basically why we're doing this podcast, and you're the third person I've had on it, but the first person who's not basically to do with the gym, essentially. Obviously. Oh, <laughs> I don't mean it that way, mate. I just mean uh, Eb was obviously uh, partly elite. Stevie was a client. You're the first non-fitness-related um podcast which we can tie this into fitness in a way obviously because um, anti-fitness what's that <laughs> anti-fitness yeah uh, um but essentially i think that it's it's going to be a really insightful podcast for people to listen to to see about how we turn their lives around basically and the reasons for that and um because i think it's really important man definitely it's a massive part you probably get the same but i get a lot of people like messaging me time to time like that I've maybe known or we've hung around with or even known through friends or people that you know of but never actually like spoken with. Yeah. And no message quite a lot being like any tips or like like just how Asking how, how we've done it and stuff. I, I that's exactly what I done. And it feels you? good. I know I know it's not the most glamorous conversation, but it feels good that you can like maybe help someone make a decision that they're maybe too scared to like reach out to their actual well, course, friends I, or totally. close family and whatever yep. so it's like a bit of anonymous help i guess definitely man um so no idea how long this will last but I th- i'm hoping that however long it is it'll be of good value because this is why this is why we're doing this kind of thing man it's um it's uh, to help people basically and yeah. if one or two people get something from it i'm sure there will be a I'm sure done. there will be somebody who'll be able to listen to it and relate and um, this is what this is this is what we want, mate. Definitely. Because we can. What we're obviously going to talk about is how it changed our life. So who knows whose whose life it could change? And that's pretty insane, man. Isn't it? Pretty <laughs> much. Cool, but man, because as you say, eight twenty on a Friday night, not too long ago, we'd be falling over ironing boards and all that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd have been finished work for <laughs> five hours, bought a Jaeger down, eight cans. <laughs> And that's only the start of the night, man. That's just the legals. <laughs> so let's go right back to the start, how how we became friends. I don't really know if you'll totally remember. I do. Of course you know. I mean, well, I think from my memory, I'll give you my version first because... Do you remember the exact place? See, if you don't, I'm going to be pretty upset, mate. I remember speaking to you for the first time in the garage. That's it, mate. Right? A thrice, that's a thrice the one. gig. That's the one, mate. That's the um, one. That's how we met. That's how we first I'd came into contact. I kind of re- like recognise you, obviously, from gigs yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Obviously, um, I recognised you, Hot John. <laughs> if they wanted to be his pal, if they wanted to uh, know you and talk to you, this is why I got. Uh, oh. It was like try to talk to a hot girl. You need to get drunk first, and then you do it, and then <laughs> you got that excuse saying, of being pissed. I remember you saying I had to get drunk to speak to you. It's embarrassing, um, but you know, I'm just like thank fuck I did. Well, we became I good mates. Want to be here exactly. I'd be still rolling about the still bevying. Rolling about <laughs> the streets, cover the mill and stuffs. But that's obviously that's how we met and then obviously well you can give your version of how you think the reasons why we ended up being proper friends and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or nah, what I think say, there's, a, there's a difference like I think because we were so young I mean was it I don't even know if I was still in school. Um I don't even know. I would have been that face gig I'm pretty sure I would have been like sixteen. I think you were maybe... You might have been 17. Yeah, you were 17, mate, because I remember I you turned 18 not long after we became friends because uh, you could yeah. legally buy a drink and you gave me your fake ID. Well, I left school <laughs> at 17 in six years because I was really young in school. 
Um, so I think I'd left school. I think that was actually the summer I left school because it was the first time I'd went to Reading and Leeds and the Thrice show was after that or just before. Yeah. So I was actually just about to embark on about a week of college before I thought, no way. <laughs> um, a week? A week of college. What were you doing? Then, uh, integrated product design. Oof. I wanted graphic design, but it was full. And then um, integrated product design was like, I don't know, just words. The first project we got was to make a 3D letter with plastics. <laughs> And use some sort of solvent. I don't even know what's coming here. I'm already laughing. I, I attempted it and that was it. It was done. And I actually done one drawing ever. And <laughs> funnily enough, I think it was actually Heineken. It was like those... There you go. It was kind of like water-based markers that we used. And like, it was like an advert campaign. And we took basically come up with something quite like... I think I just copied out a book. Um, but anyway, off, off with a tangent. Um... I think I had just left school when we first met, and I think, I don't know, I mean, we, we were quite, we weren't that bad then, like, obviously, nah, we drank. We, well, for me, I just, this, I just, that was me starting to go to gigs with a drink in me, and um, obviously, I was enjoying it, and that's why it became a thing, we couldn't go, go to a gig sober, basically, uh, I, I don't think of any gig we would have been sober at between the ages of 16 and... 24, 24 or whatever, <laughs> you know? I think for me, like, just turning, like, probably not far off 18, like, I started drinking, like, maybe 14, like, in school, going to parties at the weekend, and there wasn't much that I didn't do without drink yeah. socially, but it wasn't, like, it never got taken that far I back then. I think back then it was a lot to do with just fun. Uh, it was just, it was it was just fun good fun, wasn't it? I mean, you, you would get really hammered Three drinking, Three litre like, of cider or whatever. Aye, like even that, I mean, it's not a, a lot. Oh, that would, get, that would get you out your nut. Like, I think when we met, like, at first it was more kind of like, because were you playing in a band at that point? Or yeah, well, it was, uh, just started? I'm pretty sure it was, was it Lost for Words or my actions? I think Lost it was, I think it might have been Lost for Words. At, that was our maybe last gig, and then it was my actions, your exit from Aye. then on in. But I think, like, quite quickly after we started hanging out like because i mean there's so many people that i met through drinking or like through going to gigs because hundreds i mean I, I could go to pubs when i was like 15 because i had a bit of stubble and fake id and i would just go to the solid rock cafe yeah. wear an obscure metal band t-shirt yeah. children of bottom t-shirt before they even had like two albums and people would just assume that you were older because you knew something about some weird music so you would go there two, three pints, and you'd be absolutely done in. But you would meet so many people in these kind of social um, like places. But I think when we met, it was just, I don't know, something clicked, even though we were still so young. And I don't know, and I totally agree, man. Like, I remember, I think this was maybe the first time that we actually, we met at that Thrice gig, but one of the first times that we actually spent time together was my actions or lost for words, whatever it was, was playing with eight page pullout and possibly your band at the time. I can't remember. I think it might have been your band as well. But basically we were playing at the Ivory Blacks and we went into somebody's motor with a three litre of frosties ah, and yeah, we sat right. and drank it all in like half an hour, maybe scary. maybe less than that. That and was I'm sure that was like a last minute thing as well. Um 
actually cycle by that pub that we sat in the car outside of every single night coming back from work <laughs> to get a train. Yeah, well, I come, I come, come from Southside, I pass that pub every single on day. On the bus. Right. It's, it's horrific, but I think, I mean... I remember the JK came up to the window and all that, like, that was what, well, that would have been twi- no, 14 years ago, man. Aye. I remember it all. 14 Very years. clearly. But I remember that night, we, it was a full night, we, um, we went to a party after the gig and we were in the party all night and then I stayed at your house uh, for the first time and we just I, I think we just enjoyed each other's stupid company uh, and I think it's one of these things like on. just there's so many people that drank around us but it just didn't really feel I don't know it was just so much it was just so much fun it was just so funny like this shit like, we used to talk about and like, we were into the same music obviously at that point just all pop punk and a bit of a bit of well, metal the and stuff. Thing is, like there were so many bands that you listened to that I didn't know of, and probably vice versa. Mm-hmm. Even though we were only like two years, yeah, totally. Not even two, fully two years difference in yep. age, but I don't know. Something clicked anyway. Right, we even got into a routine of just literally all it would be would be um, me coming out to your house and we'd right. sit in your kitchen Every on weekend, you were MSN. MSN. No, because you were it'd be through the week because you had that job where you finished. You started at like six to eleven, Aye. and you you might be your dad used to always pick me up at Blanter train station, Aye, and you used to be sitting in front of the squindle. <laughs> squindle, three liters of frosty liters. jacks for anyone that doesn't know <laughs> what that is. And we just used to sit in your kitchen and get absolutely wrecked, talk mince, listen to tunes, pushing glasses and all that, and then go to bed. That's <laughs> all we done. I mean, at the time it's, it seems funny and like, oh my god, I'm I'm a rebel, like rebelling against something. But at the end of the day, like. I, it'd be easy to say that's just what kids do, but I don't think it's that <laughs> normal. I don't think normal kids. That was any. Do we, that. All, we always we always had to get pushed. Uh, we had it to too far. Had, uh, even if it wasn't getting too too far, there was still drink involved. Aye. And it was always a case of, you know. Aye, just, just always wanting a, wanting a drink. So this is um, all that kind of leads on to the next bit of um, asking when you thought. It was going to be an issue for you, um, and when did you actually admit it? Um, I mean, I, I mean, jumping like from there to there is like six years. So even at that point, at like eighteen, it was weird just to cut in, man. What I mean, just in case you're not clear, like for me, I realised there was a problem very early on. Because Aye. I was always getting into trouble, like getting myself into bother, fucking friendships up, relationships, family, shit, other like worse shit than that, you know. And um, so I knew there was a problem because it was all everybody else was getting drunk, but they weren't getting into that bother Aye, that we I were. So I knew there was a problem, but I didn't admit this is an actual thing I need to sort for a long time after. Aye, that. I so I, I don't know if you're the same or not. I think for me, like I probably knew it was an issue but not really ever thinking it was like legitimately like you're you've get you're an alcoholic basically. Yeah. I mean there's so many stigmas attached to like alcoholism like if you're not drinking every day you're not an alcoholic. Well, as soon as you wake up and stuff like that. Uh, right, and that's right. just some sort of like fictional character that people like to like and again I don't know if people say that because they want to make themselves feel better like I'm not an alcoholic because I don't do this, I don't do that. But at the end of the day, like you can be an alcoholic, like that binge drinks. So you like there's people I know that, or, or I've heard stories about that would go go dry for like two or three months, and then just go absolutely wild for yep. three months. Yep. Like, 
and that's still something that if that's if you've actually retained it that like if that if that thought process is there to do that yeah I, I mean it doesn't make it safer because you're sober for three months like if you go wild for three months and just relentless for three months like anything could happen of course man. and your body's obviously adapting to dry and then wrecked and I think a part of the problem of trying to stop before I actually did was the fact that you used to tell people I don't I'm not drinking and they'd say why and you'd be well I've got a problem and the reaction is always no you don't you just kind of got for your work or you just drink it too much at the weekends just don't drink as much and you're thinking sometimes that probably convinced me was it or was enough to convince me to say okay I know you're probably right he's a drink until it got to a point where it's like no, I'm not listening to you anymore. I know there's a problem, and just because you don't see me seven days a week, you only see me on a Saturday and a night. Aye, like, like that's I mean, that was the big that's one. The like, that's that's a good point. Like for me, I mean, there's people I still haven't seen since I stopped. Some for reasons, some for no other reason, and yeah. I didn't go out socially anymore. I mean, I still did for a while, but not as much. But I think the problem kind of like. When I started working full time, it was fun. Like you said earlier, it was like a nighttime thing, three, four hours for the tax office. Yeah. It wasn't hard work. It wasn't Well, you could sleep in every morning. Aye, there was no like need to get up early. Um excuse me. It was like it was like being at college but you're getting paid to do it. Like it wasn't yeah. difficult. And I was getting paid, so me earning money for the first time at that age. It was nice to be able to buy things and obviously go out as much as I wanted and stuff. Because before it would be like, say to my mum, oh, it's somebody's birthday, can I get 20 quid? <laughs> and it would be like every weekend, every Tuesday, going to Revolution. Um, and you would get drinks for a quid. So you'd be like 20 pints, <laughs> 20 quid, <laughs> boof. There you go. But thought, I think like I didn't consciously think of it as an issue until maybe I was about 20, 21. Um, when it started affecting my work, like, because at first, in my first job, even when I started working full-time during the day, I would make myself get up out of bed, I'd maybe go home at, like, any time between 12 and 3, yeah. wake up at half 6, roll out of bed, get picked up by my neighbour at 7 and drive to work for half 7, and I don't understand how they managed to drive with me in the passenger seat stinking <laughs> of, like cheap booze i don't know how you managed to go but when that started like changing as you know i was very very bad for like not getting up for work or even the worst part that makes me so ashamed was waking up and texting my mum uh, on like a monday yeah. after saying listen i'm staying out i promise i'll be at work set an alarm wake up text to say i'm on the train to work and then go back to sleep yeah. Not even set an alarm to phone into work. Just phone in whenever. Uh, totally. Literally I've been there so many times and, and as you say, it's you think you look back and you think, Fuck. It's just like you feel like you let so many people down and obviously family's the most important one. Yeah, totally. But like my boss, my boss was a great guy and he helped me out as much as he could. Obviously there's procedures in place, there's yeah, totally. unions that try to help you. But at the end of the day, I still wasn't claiming alcohol like alcoholism yeah, yeah i was still saying right i'll try and rein it in we would convince ourselves that we would though Aye. we would say never again or if, i think every single i'll stop on a saturday and stop drinking on a sunday but it was too hard i think 
for me, even talking about it, I'm going to be flutter. Like, I think in my 20s, like maybe 22, possibly 21, but 22 definitely up till 24 when I stopped. Like, I was suffering with really bad anxiety. And again, it would be impossible to prove if it was the drink that made me get the anxiety or if I had the anxiety anyway yeah. because I was drunk all the time or at least drinking all the time. Yeah, so yeah. it's hard to, still get to it. know. I, I've not had it since. Well, so obviously, I don't know if I had it and the drink was fueling it totally. or if the drink was creating it. But anyway, I think going through that, it got to the point where, I mean, you'll know from me crashing at your flat all the time. As soon as I woke up, I would go into like a panic attack and my body would tense up, my heart would race, my left arm would go numb and even my my face, like the whole left side of my body would just feel weird and in my head I'm thinking, it can't be that, it's not booze, of course it was booze. Yeah, totally. I mean, if especially if it's not happened since, I think that's, aye, I mean, I think that's a bit of a blatant answer, isn't it? The whole thing, the whole time we drank, like, we must have had alcohol poisoning at some points that we never knew about because we just kept going. Mate, there was some days where I couldn't fucking eat anything. Couldn't drink water. I couldn't drink water without spewing up bile all day. Pure yellow shit. Um, and I literally could not drink water to hydrate myself because my body would just get back up. Aye. But that was like Nearly after end. a three, four day bender. Um, but as you're saying with the, with the anxiety thing there, mate, I was like me with... I don't want to say depression because I know it's such a like it's a, it's a big word to say but when I was drinking especially when I was getting older man like I was so fucking like mentally fucked up all right. the time like the only thing that was making me happy was was bevying because the hangovers were so bad that would make and the regret and the fear and the sitting and work stinking a drink and all that, like, I was like, I fucking did not enjoy how I looked, how I felt, or how I acted. I hated it all. And I hated my job as well. So that all together was not a happy fucking life, man. Like, it wasn't at all. The only things that made me happy was playing in the band, going to to the football or getting pissed. And which that all... All revolved around drink. Hand in hand, like you go to band practice, you take tins, you go out after it, you go to the game, you go to the pub, you're getting pissed, you're getting pissed, and that was the only time I was happy, but I was too blind to see that the only reason that I was unhappy was because I was constantly drunk, hungover, or or just, just or thinking about, Jesus, man, what did we do at that weekend? Who did we upset? <laughs> Who did we piss off? I think that's the, the kind of... Just quickly then there because since I stopped drinking, I've never felt I've never felt like that. Aye. So there's my answer. I wasn't depressed. I was just. I think I felt like that because of the, the way I was living my life essentially. Aye. And that's that's kind of where the catch twenty two comes in because you're sitting and work like you said, stinking a drink. People are probably just like it's embarrassing. This guy. Aye, totally. And I, I know there's like there's stigmas of everything, but to be like that, surrounded by people in a like the kind of social circles we went in, it was a, it was almost like it was acceptable to be like that, Aye. even though we were worse than the majority. I think a lot of people were the same though. But I think that's where it becomes a kind of contrast in life because you're going into like an office job or like like when you work for the bank, like it's embarrassing to be around the public face to face and 
and I and I like workplace is supposed to be professional. People are trusting you <laughs> with things, and I was the same in in my work in the office as well. But then when it gets to the weekend, you're out partying with people that are in the same boat. Maybe worse, maybe not. You just don't know because people weren't really that open about it. But you felt safe there. You knew like I can drink as much as I want. I can dance. I can sing. I can do whatever. That and it was accepted like that kind of leads maybe actually goes into the next thing we want I want to talk about was is why why we were so crazy together <laughs> because you know I would go out maybe with, with certain folk and it wouldn't be that bad <laughs> and maybe I would <laughs> end up still drinking too much <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I would end up still drinking too much and sleeping in for work or texting fucking people that I shouldn't be um, or doing whatever stupid thing it is you do when you're drunk. But it wouldn't be to the point where it was fucking mental. But <laughs> most of the times that we were drinking or going out, it was carnage, man. It was chaos, man. It was. It, like, most of the time, I think, it would always descend into a bender or would end up somewhere crazy or you know various various different things but it was just many it was, it was crazy man really talk about. it was mental but I think the uh, but it was always me and you I I think that's the difference like that's probably why we ended up friends anyway not just drinking buddies because there's so many of them like you say there's so many different groups of friends or different people you would maybe drink with one on one but I think like through it all because like, we still I mean I remember coming to yours and staying and like watching movies and we would maybe not drink at all some like very very few few and far between t- times but we we could do it as well it's just that we didn't choose to but if we wanted to we did do it a few times and i generally don't remember those nights if i'm being honest <laughs> i remember <laughs> we watched a movie <laughs> we called dead end w- was this in and the barton oh we were and pissed that night mate sure oh, probably because I mean, dude, it was just dude like we were drinking. Lip. I actually remember. <laughs> I actually I remember, remember drinking bottles of Miller. Actually, I tell no, you, Miller and uh, Squindle were fr- Fanta Fruit Twist. Squindle is cider. Fanta Fruit Twist, and that was the days when you used to stay at my house. But the thing is, but see, even then, right? I was probably like nineteen. You were seventeen or eighteen and twenty. Well, yeah. but we used to share one bottle. That's a liter and a half of cider. That's only like three pints. And I know it was rancid stuff, but see, because we drank so much, yeah. that would obviously we would crave more. But I think, or we'd get another bottle or whatever. At that point, that would get us like rattled because it was constantly in our system. But I think what you were saying, like when you feel that when you're getting wrecked around other people who like to get wrecked, it's just like you're in a safe environment because you don't feel out of place. But maybe that's why we were so mad because we both liked getting f- so fucked up that it was normal to us because we would never judge each other aye, totally man like we would just i all right but probably knew in the day the next day or the days following like that was stupid or whatever but in that moment both of us are going for it nobody's saying what I the fuck you doing? Was you hanging out with other people and they're like, "What are you doing? Drinking that much? Or slow down? Or I'm stopping?" Or, but we were just like always, let's get there and fucking go to the shop and get more, or we'll go out and going out and fucking no money, just in the hope that people would 
buy you drinks and stuff just because we, we didn't did. we never wanted it to end mate. I think we never wanted it to end it was like a kind of like looking back on it it feels like I would never change any of it because I don't believe I would be where I am just now well that's the thing the choices I've made and whatever same for you totally but I know like at the time it, it feels like fiction looking back at it like it feels like I know people use the word character quite a lot and like all the other stuff like lad and all that shit but I think character like it felt like we were some sort of like comedy tag team and not not consciously at the time but looking back at it now like most of my favourite like comedy movies or comedy sketches or yeah. I don't really like solo comedy acts there's only a few people but yeah. I really like duos <laughs> right and I just feel like when we went not in a big headed way because people used to say stuff like this all the time and you would kind of laugh it off and shake it off, whatever. But looking back, like if we went to a party or went to a gig or went to whatever and we were together, like people would genuinely be happy yeah. as if like, and again, maybe people were just thinking this will be funny because they're a pair of idiots. Probably, and, and we were the entertainment that was free and we acted like idiots. But at the same time though, we had a lot of friends, like mutual friends and people who, as you say, were like happy to see us when we turned up again and stuff like that. So I don't think we must have been, must have not been putting them off that much because they were, as you say, like we had like our friend circle. See those gig days, man, the friend circle was huge, was man. Huge, you used like to go to a gig and you knew three quarters of the people that were there. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what made it a kind of safety net as well. Like I was never like bullied in school as such. But you still kind of felt slightly out of place sometimes in certain situations. But I think when you go to gigs and you knew all these people that didn't go to your school, all these people from all over Scotland, and it just felt like safe and this was your own wee like, club. Yeah. And I think as we got older, that kind of stuck there, even if the groups get smaller or whatever. Yeah. And I think the drinking was just one of these things that held everybody together. But I think because we started off really bad, really early, it obviously just grew with us and got yeah. worse. And I think that's the that's the kind of point as well, going back to like why we became friends. Like there's a lot of people that we didn't stay friends with or maybe grew up quicker than we did. Yeah, and yeah like definitely. I, I think that going back to the point about like when did I think it was a problem? I th- I think when I started missing work, not going to work, making yep. excuses, and when it started affecting like my family life and my parents not knowing where I was, because I would frequently go out yep. for the weekend and not go home, sometimes for weeks, turn the phone off, or the phone wouldn't be charged, because nobody had the same phone Just back then. We used to be, when you're, when you're in that fucking third day in, like, you're not thinking about anything about yourself. Nah. Phones are getting turned off. <laughs> Doors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You've been saying it like it's. <laughs> we're laughing, but it's the most. Laughing because it's so fucked up, man. Like, we'll go into that. We'll go into that in a wee second. But, like, I'm saying, you know, doors are getting locked. Literally, people at the door and you're pretending you're no in because you can't even face it. Can't function. You're just, we're, just, we're just so selfish, man. And, like, it's. You look, as I say, you look back and you think. Fuck me, man! Like I, actually, like as I talked on my second podcast about regretting that with what happened to my dad, like kills me, man. Aye. To look back and think, fuck it, hell, man! Like 
why did you do that? It, By the time it, you it did, you don't that, fucking realise, It right? takes stuff like that. I know that's a really, really serious thing to happen, but it takes things like that to make you realise how bad you were at the time. Oh, totally. Do you know? Because at the time you're thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, leave me alone. What's I, the, you're, what, you're the what, inconvenience why, why, <laughs> why is it so bad? Like, gonna leave me alone. Like, but you realise people are worried about you. People are thinking you're going to kill yourself with drink, or people are going to think that you're going to go out and no come home and stuff like that. I think people, like, again... These are going down so well, man, they're so nice. I know, fake beers, man, who'd have thought? <laughs> like, the whole people were, like, worried about you and stuff, like, I know mental health is such a big issue just now, and people are kind of opening up about it a lot. Yeah. A lot of people sadly aren't, and hopefully it gets better, but... Again, mental health and... Well, again, another reason for podcasts like this to try and help with that shit. And I think at the time, like, I mean, I was obviously guilty of maybe not coming out and speaking to people and... um, It's embarrassing about it, like... When you think back about it, like, talking about shutting people out and stuff, it's... I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Oh, right. So, shutting people out and stuff, like, obviously, you're saying it's not that bad and, like... People want to help you. Well, that's stuff. the thing. Like, say me going into work and folk like that, why are we not in yesterday or why are you three hours late today? You make up some bullshit excuse. You <laughs> don't sit there and go, oh, do you know what, man? I couldn't stop drinking last night, even though I knew, t- I, knew I had to come into work and I, could, I didn't wake up. I actually didn't wake up. That, I, that's exactly it because again, you're fucking. That's, that's my point, actually. Like, the whole thing, like mental health with all the stigmas and stuff. Like, alcoholism is obviously in the same kind of boat. Like, there's obviously people that maybe have mental health issues just generally and then you have people that will maybe acquire them through their lifestyle yeah. choices and stuff but I think back then like you don't want to admit it because you're either embarrassed or you just don't really believe that you have a problem but it's like you don't want it Aye. you don't want you want to be in, like me and you, you are it. me and you are so happy about our, how we live our lives now obviously we're both in good places and stuff but back then you didn't want to be the person that couldn't drink with people so why would you admit that? Because then you're taking yourself out of all these fun situations well, that it's almost like you're, you're, you're in. It's like a weakness. It's like, I dare say people that suffer with depression and different things like are, are probably feeling the same, like helpless, and they know they've probably, they know there's probably help there, or at least help that can maybe try and help but they just feel maybe like if I can't conquer this I'm weak and that's yeah. obviously a lot of people sadly don't ever totally. speak to someone about it and I think drinking is like similar in that sense like you don't want to be this guy that's like oh I've got a problem I can't drink I'm not the party anymore I'm not part of the party and well, I'll tell you a story man right I obviously was not really fucking trying to or wanting to open up to this, like to me, to like my dad, for instance, because he's my dad, and I don't want him to th- know that I'm a fucking loose cannon, basically, when I'm bevying, because he obviously knew, he knew he did, and he did know because he worked in the bank as well, and he was getting told, and I wasn't getting in, and so he did know, but you know, and he did try and speak to me about it. But obviously, that's when I'm saying, "Oh no, I'm fine." It's, you know, it was just, it was just because it was just a crazy night, but it was right, a one off. I'm trying to sing it off, but I tell you what, right? See, when I didn't turn up one day when I was out on a Wednesday night until I think like four in the morning, and I got home and I kept drinking until six, I think, and then I t- literally until I passed out. So I was meant to be up at half seven, eight to go into work at nine, and I woke up and it was twelve in the afternoon on my floor. 
and my dad was at my door and I was like, Jesus, what the fuck's happening here? And I realised what the fuck the situation was and I was like, fuck. But obviously he was there. Right. I couldn't run away from it. He knew I was in the flat. Right, you couldn't lie about it either. So he came in and I was still fucking drunk basically and and he was like, he wasn't even angry. He was just like, what the hell is, what is happening? What are you doing? It's fucking Thursday. Just trying to understand. Really. Hi. Um, and uh, I, I was still drunk, so I, I just opened up and I told him how I felt about myself and my drinking and how it was affecting my life and stuff. And I went and stayed in his house with him for a while and uh, that really helped. And that was on the way to me stopping. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop at that point, but it wasn't far off it. Um, but it did really help because I had that weight off my shoulders of him now knowing ah, you're not that he could it. then start to help me. Do you know what I mean? It's like a kind of moment of clarity, I guess, people call it. Like, people that suffer different kind of mental illnesses or drinking or drug takers or whatever. And it's just these moments you get where you think, like, I shouldn't be doing this. And you think... It's like when, you, when you're a kid and you watch, like, the karate kid for the first time and you think, oh, my God, I want to do karate. Karate's the coolest shit I've ever seen. Totally. It's like when you when you maybe have, like, a weekend, like, for example, every Friday I'd finish work early and I'd promise myself that I wouldn't go out. Yeah. 99.9% of the times I would be up the road, changed, excuse me, back on a train over to Andy Cannon. All it would take was one text. To man. get wrecked. But there was a couple of times even where I would stay in or I would go to the pub with my dad and his pals, and I would still drink, but I feel I felt like because I was almost supervised, yeah. I wasn't obviously going into town and doing crazy shit, and I knew I was going home, so no matter how drunk I got, I'd still be in home the next day, and for me that was a huge achievement. Yeah, totally. But then you would wake up on the Saturday like, I've got this, even though you're still drinking, but those wee moments are the things that help you get to the end goal, I guess. De- definitely, man. Just when you were talking about, you know, mental health and how you're feeling and stuff like that, links into the next bit of, for me, this was a big thing and uh, it's really changed obviously since I stopped drinking, but how dark were your post-bender days following them? Like, I'm talking when me and you would go on the Friday, would maybe go back to work on the Monday but we would be drinking up to the Monday morning or we would actually miss Monday and be back on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. I think how <laughs> actual dark were those days falling the bender because this is when it gets to the point where you're starting to say uh, you know, this is no worth it man this is the worst shit ever and I'm bringing this on myself but you keep doing it but then we're now in a situation where we're trying to if we if we know or we, if people as you say people message you and you know that there's an issue there you're thinking, think of those days. It can't be worth it, man. I think sometimes, like, I think about this stuff a lot, like, every every week. I mean, for the first, like, maybe three, I've been off drink seven years, which is bizarre to think. Like, in my head, I'm saying five, but I think for the first maybe three, four years, at least, like, I used to have them nightmares, like, with different layers, like, I would wake up. Was this after you stopped drinking? Aye, oh, yeah. like, even, even now, I get them not as frequent. But I would have I would have nightmares that I was drunk and I'd do something oh, really f- stupid, and then I would wake up in a panic and be like, "Oh no, it's fine, it's a dream." But then that would still be in the dream as well, and I yep. would be drunk. Yeah. And I'd be like, "Shit!" <laughs> and then I'll wake up properly and I'm sweating and stuff. But I think I mean there's so many examples of like, 
like generally I've got an example I want to talk about that's really quite bad is this the one this is the last time I drank I will that's last kind of week is that later that's literally the next question so that's fine I think generally and it was always the same like anytime I drank maybe for like like I said earlier from about 22 at least to 24 when I stopped I was getting these panic attacks anxiety attacks yep. and literally when I woke up it was it was like you could feel it coming on instant yep. it's like you open your eyes the light comes in and the body just kind was of this after a bender or after just Anytime. even one heavy night I mean the obviously the this is where it kind of ties in like I would always be on a bender it doesn't matter how big or small when I worked in offices, I would drink every lunchtime. I would drink when I go home. I was just always drinking. So, although I wasn't drunk yeah. really badly all the time, and again, for us, really bad was really bad, but I was always drinking. So, like, pretty much every time I drank, it got to the point where I would have these, like, physical feelings and mentally... I remember that, man. I remember that back then. You used to Aye, say that. And I used, used to, to have to, like... <laughs> if I was going home, I would have to, like, phone my dad and be like, come pick me up. I can't go outside. And it got to the point where I thought, if I get agoraphobia, like, I'm scared to go outside. But obviously, in my head, it was just going overtime. I know that I'm not scared to go outside. Yeah. I know that it's just because I'm... It's a withdrawal. And that's when I started to really realise, look, you have an issue... But the catch-22 of the whole thing, and anybody that's listening that maybe feels like they've got a problem, or even if they're not that bad, but they still think they should rein it in or stop completely, that's the catch-22. You can drink as much as you want at the weekend and go to your work Monday to Friday, that's fine. But if you're waking up feeling like, I don't want to do that again, but then you then drink because you feel like that's the only thing that's taken it away, then that's when you need to start really, like, questioning your choices because I mean I was talking about this to someone in work actually this week it got to the point where like drinking wasn't even enough you'd be drinking all day you'd go to a club and just for that five minutes of waiting in a queue to get served and this was maybe like the last year or two you'd be if anybody else had drank what you drank they'd be away home (laughs) but it'd be like say midnight between 12 and 1 and you're having to wait in a queue for a pint and I would even start taking a panic attack then because I knew I had to wait. And see, as soon as you ordered that drink, you could feel the whole body just relaxing. And that was when I knew it wasn't even just the hangovers that were bad. It was the in-between drinks was becoming a, a Similar panic. to what I felt when I woke up from right. a night of drinking. And people were always like, how the fuck can you drink again? You like, sounded like Conor McGregor there. I'm Scottish, mate. I know, but it was... How the fuck <laughs> did you drink again? That's Northern Irish, that doesn't count. Um, but yeah, they're, they're like... I remember like, oh, my best best pal, Mackie, great example, because he was with me a lot of the times. Aye. And we'd wake up, midday, go to Weatherspoons, pint. Pint a burger. He's like, oh, how can you do that, man? And it's like, it's Saturday, have a drink, or it's Sunday, have a drink. He's like, I can't drink. I've just woke up for drinking. I can't do it. And I was like, well... I need it. Like I used my to body envy people like that. Fucking, like, I, I used to wake up and I used to just taste it. in my mouth. And I'm like, I need to go to the pub again. And that was when that was when I'm, it was scary. But at the again at the time, it was just like I was blind to the fact that that was a major problem because it went on for years. But that's <laughs> how 
that's how all the issues with work came about because the Sunday, because the Friday was heavy, the Saturday was heavy, you wake up on the Sunday and I just wanted more. Mm-hmm. And then they've got and they've got Weatherspoon selling drinks for one fifty and all that. The problem is that because was, you that was you all day on the Sunday. Aye, I we stayed in town eighteen years old for the rest of my days. I think that's again another reason like But I, I wouldn't change that, I don't think, man. I moved out where I live for the reasons and I think it's a long way to get to where you want to be, but I think yeah. the the kind of the stuff that we've done, it shapes you definitely. Like I don't think if I had been wild at that point in time, I definitely wouldn't have quit because I would have had a reason to. Of course, I. And I, it scares me that I could have went that way later on in life, maybe having like responsibilities and stuff like I've got now. Exactly, and then, mate, that's that is scary, man. Because it would be, I would never admit it at this age if I was like stall it by seven years if I was acting like that now. Aye. Not saying it would have definitely done that, but I think I think I still would have had an issue at some point later on. And I don't think I could live with myself like doing those things now and destroying like serious relationships and responsibilities and jobs and totally man. You know. So you're about to get into it, so go there now then. What was your lowest point in regards to obviously feeling that you just could not do this anymore and essentially why did you make that decision to stop drinking? Because there obviously comes a point for for MD who decides to never do something again. You're not just going to wake up one day and go, I'm not going to do that. Something happens, doesn't it? Aye. I think, I mean, so much stuff had happened and like I had actually managed to quit for like, in my head it was months, but I think the first time I stopped drinking it was like 40 days or something, so like a month and a bit. And then I went to Sheffield for New Year, one year. I remember that, yeah. Um, I remember leaving work and going out to buy, like, an outfit to take because I was, like, in a fucking YSL shirt or something, short sleeve checkered shirt. So I remember going out and buying a pair of Vans, buying a pair of jeans, a shirt, and meeting some people to go down to Sheffield. And I remember getting in the car. I can't remember who was driving. I think it was Roscoe. And... Of course, I opened the, the back the back passenger door and Sean McGrory's sitting across from me with a whole case of Budweiser's. So we finished them on the way down. Bear in mind, it's like a four-hour drive. But you must have been pretty pushed if you'd well, no ten drank for 40 of Budweiser. days. You'd not drank for 40 days. But exactly. So I was quite hammered then. Um, as soon as we arrived at the party... I just remember filling up, there was loads of bottles there. I remember filling up a pint glass, half of vodka, half iron brew, and just downing it. Because obviously the, f- the, the quench was back, the thirst was there. And that's all I can remember, that a lot of bad shit happened. But after that, it wasn't long before I stopped again for a wee bit. And the main thing was work for me. Like, I had debt, I had credit cards, I had loans to pay the credit cards. I was still living at home, so I had no, like, housing commitments as such. Yeah. And for me, work provided me to keep paying my debt, to keep this, to keep that. And obviously work was the main thing. Like, I wasn't even thinking about my family at this point. I was when I was sober, but drinking-wise, I was like, I need to keep this job and ultimately to pay for the booze, you know? And I think... How we didn't lose your job? Well, obviously you might come on to something. Aye, well... I think the last time that I 
the, the last kind of period I was drinking, I knew that if I was off my work again, I would yeah. lose my job. Yeah. And again, I still didn't stop at that point. I still had to take it to the final point before I stopped. And I think that's a good thing because it obviously changed my path completely, employment-wise and like life-wise. But the last time I drank, I went out. I think I'd been... Yeah, it was my birthday. It was your birthday on the Saturday, the Friday night. I don't know what I'd done. I think actually going back to that earlier, going out with my dad, I think I was out at the pub locally on the Friday because I remember waking up kind of groggy and my brother had just come back from like Greece or something and bought me like a bottle of schnapps. So I remember downing that, not even enjoying it, downing that half bottle, playing FIFA online, shouting at people, singing every time I die. You were shy at FIFA as it was, I mean, I bought a schnapps. Neil Holmes, I was great at that point. And I'm singing down the mic to him and I just remember like just feeling like, wow, this is fucking great, as if it was the first time I'd ever drank because I had a wee bit of time off it. Again, I don't know how long I had been off it at that point, probably like two weeks. No longer. Um, and then I like, obviously came out for your birthday that day, managed to, I didn't notice until the Sunday, I'd lost my wallet. I'd I've lost got, my fo- iPod. I've got photos for that. Oh, so have I, man. You're sitting with the glasses on with that mad hair and that shirt. <laughs> you're just so. You're like the fucking. You're like the big leader <laughs> in the middle of the photo. And if he's run you like that, yo. And you're just, uh, you're just like the ringleader, man. But I remember that classic grand, I remember. And I remember you losing everything, actually. I do remember. I don't that. remember much of the night, but I remember waking up, no wallet. No phone, no iPod, no shoes, no specs. And it was just, it was crazy. I, I, I think it was obviously my birthday. I think I had to go to a family thing and you stayed in my flat. Well, I, and I think, I think I'm getting my days mixed up, but the Sunday was the World Cup final. Oh, shit, aye. And we drank, we had... Aye, I came back and we were drinking A again. couple of mates came over and we had Fuck. a case... Of Koperberg pear cider. Aye, and a bottle of rum. Aye. We were, well, drink, we were drinking rum, rum and Red the, Bull. The rum was slightly used, right? The Monday morning, I woke up. I went to work. You went to work somehow. I, w- we went, I went to bed at half five in the morning. I got up at eight and went to the bank. You went to work. I was humming. I woke up, text to say I was going to work. Back to sleep. Woke up and I kind of panicked like I always did. Total panic. And I couldn't find my shoes, couldn't find anything. I think I maybe had my phone at that point because I managed to phone my work later on. Um, my shoes had, somebody had been sick in my shoes. So I phoned Roscoe. Roscoe came to your flat. And while I waited on him, I drank the rest of your bottle of Havana Club with water because there was no mixers. <laughs> so I felt it, he's lying in Nate's bed drinking Havana Club. So Roscoe came up, brought a pair of shoes for me, went round all the places we had been. I went to TGI Fridays for my wallet, <laughs> went to Bar Block for my iPod, and I don't even know what I'd done about the glasses. I might have just went and got a new pair with my credit card and could see, or maybe I couldn't see. <laughs> but this was the Monday, right? So I phoned into my work. They know I'm not there. Oh, I was getting phone calls off your fucking mum, I think. Everybody was phoning you to find out where I was, because obviously I'd said I was going to work embarrassing the monday night we went to the garage i think um and i remember a guy that i worked with at the time you were in i remember actually i remember coming home from work 
and texting you or texting somebody that was with you and uh, you were in the pot still and the whiskey bar hi and I went I came in because I'd won I was in there drinking on my own the week before crying about something <laughs> drinking with Sean Murphy was behind the bar and I was sitting talking to him drinking getting wrecked all day Saturday and I put a bet on behind the they had this thing with the World Cup and I put a bet on that I got a lucky dip um, whoever won it that year Spain Spain we're going to win it so I, I won so one I was coming to pick up my winnings and two That's right, and two you were sitting in buttered just like that what am I going to do and I was just like you need to get home mate and you just you and just, and you even just, at you just point, couldn't even at that point when you obviously had a problem and it was really bad because you had been to work and you walked in in the, the shirt and tie and whatever and I just felt so fucking like just like that you've been at work you've saved the day you know that by the Tuesday you're going to be feeling half normal and I just couldn't do that I could never do that we went to the garage that night kept the party going the Tuesday morning still don't know to this day whose flat we stayed at but I woke up in a tent in someone's living room <laughs> with the door zipped over like sweating like fuck check my phone <laughs> obviously it's been dead for like was four that, days was it 31F though? no it was, oh, it was it? Deniston somewhere because there was a tent floating about 31F and I, I think I was out with like Mike Rice or someone woke up in this tent sweating like didn't even know if I was inside thought I was camping <laughs> Opened the tent. I'm in a living room. Like, right, we need to go. Woke everyone up. So this, but this is day fucking five. This is day five. Five is that Mr. Monday, Tuesday. This is Tuesday. This is day five. Yeah. Went to Cumbernauld with Mikey McGrory because I was begging him. I'm like, don't leave me. If you leave me, I might need to go home, and I don't want to go home. I can't face admitting that I've done it again. I've went wild. I've, I'm going to lose my job. <coughs> Not that staying away was like. Better in oh, your situation. Just, that's the thing. You're literally on the road yourself, but you can't get out yourself because you're inside but yourself. You, you know yourself. You need to go home at some point. Aye, you but you just keep avoiding admit it. liability. But there's no insurance, so you're just like. But you're so drunk as well. You can't fucking make a decision. I to still do don't it. know how I got from Cumbernauld back to Glasgow. I remember getting to Glasgow. Beansy no pick you up or something for band practice. I get picked up off Beansy somewhere in the kind of West End area. Went to band practice. Obviously, I didn't have my stuff, so I used Beansy's spare guitar. You were playing? I was trying to play guitar. I could barely hold it. And I had bottles of Desperados. Oh, my God, man. And I just remember everybody being like... Because I drank at practice, but I was always like... As much as... Able I, to play the tunes, I, As much as I had a problem, during the week, I was quite tame, even though I was still drinking and hammering booze. I was never like falling about drunk. I was yeah. like a functioning alcoholic, as, as, as you want to call it. But that night, they were just like, it's a Tuesday night, what the fuck's going on? And I remember running away at the end of the practice, like midnight, it was like 9 to 12. I think we finished early because there was no point because I was obviously messing everything up. But it, the weird thing is, no matter how fucked I was, I can still remember these things. And I don't know if it's because it was the last time, it's just kind of sunk in my memory. But I remember running up the lane when you came out the studio. There was like a lane that goes up onto the main road, and I remember running away from them, literally shouting, "It's Tuesday, it's Tuesday night! I'm going to rev." <laughs> I, I don't even think rev was on at this point. Fucking probably not, man. Like seven years ago, I think rev was dead. But I was like, "I'm going anywhere. I'll go into town. I'll go to the local bars. I'll go to the Did you anywhere." Have money? Probably not. Fuck knows. Probably <laughs> the bank card or a credit card. 
and I knew I would find someone, and that was the problem. Like, I would have drank with anyone. See if there's someone I see that I slightly recognise. Oh, totally, man. I'll go and drink with them and stay at their house so I don't need to go home and obviously admit defeat. Um, and I remember going home that night. They locked me in the car, took me home. And obviously at that point, I was starting to slowly sober up mentally, thinking, shit, this is it. Like, they're going to be so disappointed. You pretty much know you've lost your job at this point. Aye. And I think, there was a, like, like I was saying earlier, there's generally the darkest times, there's plenty of them. But for me, that last week, as much as it's a happy feeling now, thinking back to the exact moment that I had my last drink. Sorting it out, basically. Funnily enough, with the band, the recovery. Yeah. <laughs> at practice. But I think for me, mentally, like, having to go home and sit and cry at even, like, my mum and, like, probably said some stuff that wasn't necessarily true, like, about how I felt about myself and, like, where I was mentally and my intentions and stuff because, obviously, you're not thinking straight totally anyway. You're really totally. down... And I don't think... It's weird as well, because the last day, for me as well, I was the exact same. Aye. Exact same. It just all comes out as if you've been touched But I think that's it. how you're feeling at the time. Aye. I mean, you don't know... Things are... Th- you fucked up that bad, and it's like the 50th time you've done it. You know what I mean? It's Aye. fucking... It's hard to live with yourself, man. Well, I think at that point I knew, like, this is it. Because in my head... Like, I wasn't thinking about it consciously. Like, people always say, like, you have to hit rock bottom before you can truly, like, start to build up or realise. For me, the job, like I said, it fueled my debt. It fueled money I gave my parents for staying there, food. But most importantly, it fueled the booze. And genuinely, in my head, I'm thinking, how am I going to continue to drink with no mm-hmm. job? Because I probably, if I didn't stop drinking, I probably would have been doing anything, pretending to play songs in town for money. Like, honestly, I would, have, I would have done anything for, for drink at that point. Yep. And I think just pouring it all out, knowing that I can't do any worse now. I've got nothing to lose. If I lose my job, like... And again, it could have went the other way. I've got nothing else to lose, so I'm going to keep drinking. But I think for me, it was the fa- that's when the family thing kicked in. I knew that everybody was concerned. I knew everybody yep. was annoyed. But more so that week, because people were phoning around didn't know where I was and I had been kind of good for the past week like yeah. period before then and I mean a lot of bad stuff had happened like around about that time and I won't go into it but a lot of personal stuff and like f- like stuff in the family like bereavement and whatever and that always made it worse yeah. it's like a crutch like you're bad enough without bad stuff happening but when bad stuff happens you go even wilder. But then again, yeah, I used to use bad shit as the excuse to get fucked up because it was maybe it was my way of dealing with everything. Basically, yeah. if I had a bad day at work. If something bad happened, and just in life, basically, my answer was always to fuck this. I'm getting wrecked. Yeah. I mean, you bury your head in the sand, and then you deal with it four days later when you sober up. It just it's, it's, it's so way, easy terrible to way, do. It's a terrible, terrible way to fucking do things, man. Because yeah, all you're doing is continually letting people down continually upsetting people, losing pals, losing girls, family, I mean, family members know that and they fucking talk Luckily to you we never lost like ourselves because I think at the end like the amount of deep, deep conversations we probably had with each other, other people. Like even at the point at the end when we were drinking so much, like I was taking other stuff, do you know? Like I was getting to the point where I was that drunk. I was trying stuff that probably could have ended it all in that one night. Totally. 
and that's scary for me. Like it could have went down that road. Crazy man. Like I never, I was never, I never done that because drink was always like enough for me. Like I was always in a, I was always fucked up enough on drink. I never thought or had to take anything else. But the amount, the sheer amount of drink sometimes is enough to kill people. Aye. Generally, is man because you see, you hear about people drinking a certain amount and dying, and we've drank way more than that on. F- numerous times that you think about Lee's festival and that and I know a lot of, I know everybody goes to a festival and drinks for five days but we tanned full bottles of spirits and beers before we even got there and stuff like that well, again it's it's insane I used to I woke up with a black eye once and no phone no idea what happened somebody's probably actually battled me and mugged me and I've just somehow got home and I actually can't remember it happening I've woken up with chipped teeth and that somebody's obviously smacked me and I can't even remember you it. You've said to someone, or no, if no you've I- hit someone, or you've no idea. And um, you know, you you wake up and people are saying you almost get knocked down by a motor, and you were fucking close to chasing buses and shit. Aye, I mean it's just like when we were that out of control. We are very lucky that we didn't hurt ourselves badly, man. And it probably sounds tame, like people listening to this or watching this, like, but oh look at us, we were fucking drunks. Like, I think it's what a lot of the time you had to be there. And I think that's why a lot of people that didn't see us all the time didn't realise how bad it was. Yeah. Because but they, 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 they didn't, didn't see all. They didn't see us on a Monday when we should be at work drinking dregs with a fucking beer bottle. Aye. They yeah. didn't see that shit, man. No. You're not going to post on social media, Facebook, MySpace, whatever was the time. You're not going to post. Uh, I didn't get into work today and I'm still drinking. You didn't. You wouldn't say that. Do you know nah. what I mean? You'd hide. You hide that stuff because it's embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the thing about social media. Even then, like MySpace was the main thing. Like everybody just wants to post positive stuff, which is fine. But I think now I've seen a lot of more people posting like stuff about how they're coping mentally and physically, especially people positively showing like changes physically. Like obviously the stuff you're doing with clients. This is what. This is what this is all about. That's like, what gets on me so much when people's like rip the piss out people doing that like why the fuck would you like people get egged on for doing stupid shit go oh oh, that's fucking brilliant and funny but you post a before and after of uh, your your body because you're proud of losing weight and living a healthy life and people call you people call you a dick for it or whatever and go and fucking (laughs) stop showing off or you know what I mean it's like people get made all my not all my clients but a lot of my clients are scared to post things on their social media of the positive shit they're doing Aye. but people have no problem with the funny drunk statuses or the, or the negative side or, of all the, or, or all the videos are being out and wrecked in pubs and stuff like that. that's all funny but when somebody posts something they're proud of happy that they are actually proud of and happy about it's looked at as a negative but not by everybody but by a lot of people there's a lot of people and the sad thing is like a lot of people we know or people we know know like we're all similar ages and there's still people like and I'm not saying we're better than anyone but I feel like we probably progressed quite late I mean because we're sitting here talking about we had issues until a certain age and mid 20s I think we're both 25 people did mature and grow up before us but we did at some point and obviously come through something quite bad but there's still people at our age that do things like that and it's yeah, like of course. see if you've got something you're proud of or something like fucking show it do you know of course man like Obviously, we are fucking proud of this stuff, but it's not all fucking roses. Like, this is like you're sitting there talking about stuff that I've not told many people that. Aye, but it could. But but it's it's like it's you could be embarrassed about it, obviously, because you're sitting there talking about 
Your weekends. Aye, and like, <coughs> and um, sorry, I've got a pure bad cough now. But um, that's what open water swimming does to you in the rain. <laughs> but yeah, you're sitting there talking about stuff that you may not be proud of, or you definitely aren't proud of, and I'm I'm doing the same and that. And it's like, but it's like, I know for a fact this stuff helps people because it's my job, and yeah. people tell me, people say, see that thing you posted, that fucking really helped me, or that was really inspiring, or that video I done people would message me I've never heard of, generally people that I've never heard of in my life, uh, would message me and tell me that that's really helped them, give them the kick up the arse to either stop drinking, get to the gym, or just change, the, change a wee thing in their yeah, life. Changing the smallest thing. Like and they're not even asking, they're like, they're not, there's nothing about s- signing up to come and train with me or anything, but I don't, that doesn't matter. That's not what it's for. It's for that reason that it can influence people to make a change to better their life, and that's amazing, man. And this is why, you know, we're, you're doing this now, but I do this on a weekly basis. And all my posts, to an extent, are at risk of people saying, this guy's a fucking dick. Like, he's constantly preaching or he's this and that. But it's literally just like, well, listen to what we're talking about, how we used to be like. Right. The, way, like the way we're doing stuff now, I, for one, like, need people to know that it's, it's better, you're better off without that shit man it's not a high horse like if it was a high horse you would be preaching or like saying you're better than other people or but end of the day if you're inviting people to come along and whether it's in person to train with you speak to you people can watch the podcast episode they can listen to it like you're putting all that out there you've been open and honest and translucent with people and they've got the option to like listen to that and take from it what they want or what they will if people want to be negative, then just don't watch, don't listen. Like, yeah, totally. There's so much of that in society these days, and it doesn't help with the things we're talking about, like people with maybe mental health issues, people with drink problems. Sorry, I was really far away there. Like, in this day and age, like, people are starting to kind of become more aware and be more positive and productive and, like, do their own thing, and it's a great thing to have these tools, like, readily available to help. What is that, man? Like, this is a... Uh this is not something that obviously is of any benefit other than helping people because it takes hours to record, it takes hours to edit and then it takes time to upload and sort but that's cool because I don't care because I know that it's, it's uh, it could, it's it could be influenced influence influence on people. Influence it's, good to get, it's good to get some shit off your chest, man, as well, a lot of the time. Um, how hard did you find sta- staying sober um, at the start, obviously, and did you hibernate to get away from it all? Um, do you know, it's really, it's really kind of hard to remember, like, I know it sounds dumb, but obviously, like, starting drinking at 14, up until that point, I was only 14 years of my life, which is hard to remember that, but then being drunk for, like, the, the best part of a decade, like, the last seven years has been, like, pretty much some of the only stuff I can remember from my whole life. But when I first stopped, like, I remember the Wednesday morning waking up after spilling it all out on the Tuesday night to my mum. And, like, I couldn't stand up. Like, my body was so dehydrated. My muscles were non-existent. Like, you, probably, ate, you probably didn't eat, I was going to say, for, like, four or five eat, days. Probably ate, like, I don't even know. handful of chips, like, once every couple of days, three yeah. days or something. But even then, like... I did feel just 
so down and so embarrassed like even then because I knew there was still stuff I had to do and stuff I had to face yep. and what all, what was going to and I think that's maybe why I put it off for so long it's the impending doom of the consequences of what you've done so I had to go into a meeting with my work on the Friday and I'd actually use my mum as a crutch because I was that I still couldn't, fuck, still yeah. couldn't walk like three days later um And then obviously I, I started back work like the Monday after that and I knew that I'd then have a meeting. The sad thing being like the meeting wasn't for a month. I didn't get sacked until... I remember that. I was gone, gone, wasn't it? Because you were like, I don't know if I'm going to... I don't, don't know if I'm going to lose it. Well, the last time I drank was the... My first sober day, the Wednesday, was the 14th of July, 2010. And I didn't have my meeting until like the end of August. Um, I can't remember if I'd went to Leeds that year. No, I, I did go to Leeds that year. Was it 2010? 2010. Because I was there, remember? Aye. But Obviously, I, I was at my nut. I think I went to Leeds. I'm not 100%. I think you did, mate, because you're not, you're not like Andy and you were staying in a hotel. Aye. Because yeah. you were all camping. Aye. We were all camping wrecked. And that was I, just you, you, I knew you failed. had stopped drinking. Aye. My meeting was literally just before then. So, like, a good six five, six weeks after I'd stopped drinking was when my big meeting was. And in that time, obviously I changed myself around. I was smarter dressed, yeah. smelling better, better <laughs> off money-wise, wasn't letting me <laughs> down. Like, just the little stuff that makes such a difference <laughs> when you actually, <laughs> right. actually realise. Like, the most of all, a clear head. Aye. For the first time in... Going to work, was. doing my job, like, helping people when, like, obviously my partner was fucking shit. Yeah, you're right. I'm like... <laughs> But like, I remember... Best part ever. I remember, I never get a certificate right because it wasn't school, but I remember in my job, I get nominated as the best, like... Part of merchant. Customer service. <laughs> a, like, whatever my job title was, uh, right, I, I would deal with people's, like, state pensions and stuff. Yeah. And I was actually, like, the best in the whole building of, like, a thousand, two thousand people. And then I ended up getting sacked, right? And yeah. I remember... I remember getting escorted off the premises. And I knew it was going to happen. It just case of when but I feel like that I could have went back to where I was at that point in time but soon after that like I, I really started taking photography more seriously I'd been shooting for like three years and obviously I did could tell what I was doing because I wasn't pissed did you, not get, did you not get steaming one time in the park and leave you all your camera shit on the in the park or on the bus or something on the bus pure expensive camera shit we'll get into that um <laughs> But, like, I started taking that a bit more serious and, like, like, I started making money. Like, I was I was self-employed for, like, maybe a year or two. Like, I'd done, like, a Christmas temp job in HMV. But, like, I don't think I hibernated much. I, I think I threw myself into the deep end because I couldn't Did imagine. Go out? I was out quite a lot. I would just drink loads of juice. And, like, a lot of the people that I hung around with at the time, like, Andy Robertson, Sean Cosgrove, like all the guys in Israel, like none of them drank anyway. And a lot of people that I knew when I was younger had kind of went the kind of straight edge route or just didn't drink at all, like grew up and Smart choice. A lot of these people that like I knew and I didn't really start to get to know them properly until this point. And it was exciting for me because everything that I was so used to doing with at least a drink in me or completely hammered was almost like it was like being drunk for the first time. I remember going to going to work not with a hangover. 
going to the post office to post uh, a band t-shirt and for me like the gigs, band gigs man actually playing watching, actually wa- or playing or actually watching bands man and actually taking Aye, it in rather than just stuff. being like ah, I mean I think I threw myself in at a deep end definitely like socially and the band like started playing like not long after that like live we took obviously a long time to kind of get our sound and whatever but playing a gig for the first time since I was maybe like 18 at the age of 24, 25, in front of like hundreds of people, was just mind-blowing. Like, I've done that as well. I didn't play a gig Aye. for fucking years, sober, and then I played the gig at Tuts, and it was mental, man. It's just, I mean, I think I, I threw like myself in, and that was the only way for me I could do it. If I stayed out the way, I think I would have either got really down or maybe like really push myself to the limit where I maybe would have just like tried it again. But this is the thing, mate, like I've had conversations with people who know they have an issue and they're asking me like I think people think you generally can only have fun when we're drinking. Some not every but some people do think that mate and then they're literally going like that. I mean, but what do you do? And they're like, I go out just like normal people. I just don't drink anywhere. But I actually have a better time well I say that, but... You have a more responsible time. Aye, but it's better in the sense that, see, every time you go home and you know you've not done anything daft or you know you've not spent all your money aye. and you're not eating the doner kebab and your fucking face with garlic mayo and all that, like, you know you've made the right choice, like, but it's like, people genuinely think that they'll not have anything to do, they'll be bored, they'll be in the house all the time, but... Like, I go out quite a lot and I enjoy myself. Sometimes I don't, I go home early. But a lot of the time, yeah, it's a good night. Obviously, depending on who you're out with, I go to, I will go to a lot of gigs. I'll go to, I still go to football every every week and I still go to the pub before the football. I just have a Diet Coke or a Bex Blue. And, um, but I'm a better person. I can have better conversations with people. Aye. So oh, there's all those benefits of doing that. But I think people are scared, man, to, to not drink because everybody does that and they'll be left out. This is but it. You don't need to. I mean, it's... Obviously, down to socialising, like, on a whole. And again, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people say Scotland's bad for drink. This is it. Ireland gets it a lot. I, I mean, it's just stereotyping or whatever. I don't know. I mean, no one goes around the world to every country and sees what the drinking habits are of the general public. <laughs> but I think, like... We get a bad rap, don't we? Being from Scotland, like, I don't want to say the majority of people because I, I say that quite a lot about things and people kind of be like, you can't say that about the majority of people. But I think... Traditionally, like from my point of view and what I've witnessed, like people go through school, they experiment, they go to college or university, they experiment some more, sometimes worse. But people like having fun, especially in cities. Like maybe it's just the central belt where people move to the city yeah. to study and they're surrounded by all these lights and bars and two for ones and happy hour, unhappy hour. Um, like I, I don't. I don't believe that there's nothing else to do, but I think je- people genuinely think that. And again, it's another crutch metaphor. Like, there's nothing else to do. There is. Of course, man. And again, it's it's a shame for maybe people that have maybe a worse-off background or they're brought up in a deprived area or they're deprived at home, like, maybe money-wise or, like, attention-wise, and people can turn to, like, substances really early because they're maybe easily influenced or yep. they're trusting in someone that maybe they shouldn't and maybe they're into those habits and then they pick them up and whatever 
But I think anyone can kind of get into that trap. And if you drink, I mean, I don't think everyone could become an alcoholic. I think there is something somewhere. I don't like reading up about it too much because I think I would obsess over it, um, which may not be a bad thing because it would be more information to maybe help people. Um, but I think generally th there is stuff to do. There, there is stuff you can still have fun. It's not like you're changing your life. Like People maybe work Monday to Friday and go absolutely mad for the weekend, but oh. just do the things you do. All you need to do is look at uh, us two. And all we did was get pissed and go out. Whereas now, look how busy we both are with stuff that we do. We're always we fucking busy. Business. Hence why we never see each other, because we're always busy. Aye. And it's like, if there was nothing to do, we wouldn't We'd be, be lying like, in our pants playing PlayStation. Aye. But you exactly. get older and exactly. stuff changes. Like totally, man. There's so much, like Scotland's fucking great. Like There's so many places to go and things to do and like I went jet skiing for my thirtieth because I didn't want to just go into town Aye. and go to the pub which I would have done if I was still drinking. Like I went jet skiing and it was absolutely amazing man. Again like that's such a like I would never have done that. Not a normal thing to do, but that's not that crazy. But people would maybe think jet skiing. And that's that's Eddie's reaction, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm going jet skiing. Aye. What? Are you going jet skiing? Like Why? even like I mean I'm not married yet, but even thinking about like my brother had a stag do recently before he got married and like try to come up with ideas for that and like it made me think about my stag doing what I would want to do and like like outdoory stuff is what I'm into and I like doing now and it's a challenge and it's good for your fitness and whatever but like some people genuinely think like Ben Nevis does that not take like 10 hours to get to and that sounds like a like the biggest waste of time ever it's like excuse me like it's not that I mean even like Loch Lomond there's still some good hills there of and course like, man yeah. but there's 30 like minutes in a car there's actual like open water you can just jump in and like, ah, like have, the a, have a swim and shit man. for so long obviously when you take a bike like take a bike shit, even if you do drink and you but like, this, these, are all, these, these are all things that like people go aye but that's shite but see if they actually done it they'd fucking love it I mean I know people go camping and drinking stuff and maybe just I think maybe that's still love cool it, but there's just so much to do and like I think that's we've maybe proved that to ourselves and like we haven't on to do things that we wouldn't have ever been able to do if we were still drinking oh, you wouldn't be things. in shape telling people how to get in shape I wouldn't be like documenting things like through like photos and video because there's that many times I turned up to do photo shoots and I just couldn't even stand like I remember the one time like Stephen McCrory's old band and they went through so many like different changes and like name changes and at this point I think they were called Voom Club and I remember turning up to shoot them and they're like oh how much do you want and I was like just get me two bottles of Strombo and I was already drunk and it was a total <laughs> waste of time sake. I don't even think the photos were usable or got used and again that's people travelling from like further away yep. to come and get their photo taken and I'm just treating it like a you're just party doing your, you're doing yourself a disservice though because Aye. you know you're better than that and again, that could have you're better than that, that could have ended that there. It, aye. But I think definitely you can still have fun. You can still do like anything you want to do. I mean, who would want? Who would choose to spew in a street? Who would choose to like spend ten quid in rubbish food, which we still do now and then, but at least we're sober and we know what we're doing. But all the stuff you do when you're drunk, you wouldn't choose to do that if someone no. said, "Oh, do you want to feel like shit tomorrow morning?" I definitely, mate. No, you don't. I know. And I think that there's m there's probably way more people than 
we think, and there's probably people out there that don't even realise they've got a problem, but see if any of this strikes a chord with anybody, then hopefully it maybe makes them think. And it's not trying to take the fun out of everything. Like it's, it's not. It's just it's just speaking from personal experience about how we both feel. It's enhanced our lives for the better. Definitely. So camera two. We're back on. What what's the deal with GoPros and these battery lives, man? I mean that was so much money, and then it lasted one hour and a bit there. It's a bit disappointing. Not gonna lie. I know. Just send some free batteries, GoPro. Well, you could do that, eh? Getting extra batteries. Ah, of course. Never thought about that. It's normally just like what use your battery, it cuts out, and that's that deed forever. Oops. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So what I want to ask and get into is something that's really important on this because people who are thinking of maybe thinking to themselves, this this is the for me. It's ruining my life. It's affecting me in ways that I don't like. But I don't know how to spend my time or what will happen if I stop. But like the benefits of no drinking is just there's there's fucking endless so many. And like for me, it's probably well obviously energy wise because that's how I ended up being successful in the gym and losing weight for good because I had energy to continue to train. Um, weekends I could go out on a Saturday night get a decent sleep, no drink and train on the Sunday, whereas I would never ever have trained on no. a Sunday if I'd been drinking. Probably wouldn't have trained three or four days of the week if I'd been drinking at all. I used to go to the gym, but I don't have any energy and I was drinking three, four days a week and hung over a couple of those days, so it was never going to work, so there's that. Um, just a clear head, mental health, but they're, they're, they're the main ones for, for me. I think like For you, what do you think is the... Like since you stopped drinking, the I mean, there's main loads benefits. Generally, you pro- could probably hear all night talking about that in particular. Aye, I mean, look, people that are maybe feeling like, what is the benefits? Like, why should I stop? I know I should stop, but what's actually going to change? Like, I think to put it generally, like everything bad that that comes with drinking, the hangover, the pain, your body starts to hurt the older you get. All that shit goes away, unless there's other stuff causing it. So when you stop drinking, like you can do anything. Like you're you're not going to be late unless you're a late person. So that's something you can fix yourself. Yeah. There's things in life where you maybe do have like traits and bad things that you do and whatever. But drink's not an excuse. So if you stop drinking and you're lazy, at least you know that it's just you being lazy. So it's easier to say I'm going to kick myself up the arse. That's your own fault, you know, because you're in control. It's not like oh I was pissed. I mean, people say that's not an excuse. It is when you're pissed. <laughs> It's, it's your fault or whoever's fault for getting pissed, but at the same time... While you are pissed, like... And again, it, going back to the whole other substancey stuff, like I've tried stuff and there's a few things I've tried sober, so I wasn't drunk and I've tried them. And I can hands down say that any drug that I've tried, alcohol is the worst. Like, there's no drug right. that I've taken where I wake up and forget stuff. There's a few times where I've tried stuff and like woke up and thought that was a crazy, crazy night. I would never do that again, but I can remember everything that happened. Yeah. But there's so many years I can't remember because of drink. And just like when we were drinking to the volumes that we were, just so out of control, man. Like a lot of the stuff we done, there's no fucking way we would have done that if we were sober. Nah. Well, no, like, and again, it's, it's excuses and all that, but... It, 
but that again it's a benefit because we don't drink anymore so we That's don't do shit happen. we don't do shit that we know we shouldn't do exactly I, I mean, don't say we're fucking perfect angels uh, but I mean there's stuff that happens in life like relationships I've, well put it this way if you, if, you have, if you let down your family the way or even remotely close to the way you used to when you drank since oh, you stopped drinking I wouldn't have a family exactly I wouldn't even have my own and like, that in itself family never mind my family with Lindsay and the kids like and that in itself is I but at the same time it's amazing Aye. because you, you, you're not going to do that <laughs> Aye, exactly it would, it would be devastating and I think the, the, the pluses of obviously being sober like you mentioned the physical side of it like I've tried a couple of times to lose weight and I've kept a lot of weight since I drank when I stopped drinking I started replacing like all the carbs and the sugar that I was getting through alcohol I started replacing that with like sweets and yeah. junk food ice cream juice and like I'm probably I was probably intaking more through that than I was ever with alcohol. Yeah. Because when I was drinking, I wasn't eating, so I put on quite a bit of weight when I stopped drinking. It kind of got me down a bit, but I knew that it's not the booze. Like maybe the booze got you quite chunky while you were drinking, but I knew and I still know that there's still weight I need to lose. But I know that it's down to me. So if I don't do it, I've got nothing else to blame. I can just say to myself, right, once the time comes, you will do it or if you get the time to do it, because I've got a busy life and I feel like I'm still not happy with certain things, but I know that it's only me that can change it. Of course, man. Um, but the benefits... Money. Money. Like... Focus. Things about all that... Ca- I don't know how much a camera costs, but, man, like, all that stuff for your work, like, if you're rattling all your money on Bevy every weekend, like, I mean, I'm still paying off some debt from when I was drunk. That was fucking Credit five years ago, man. It's... It hurts to have to like patiently that back and time you can never get back. But because I used to live off credit cards because I'd spend all my money. Your wages would disappear. And going out and drinking and um, casinos and all the rest of it. And uh, you'd buy, I'd buy my shopping and my essentials to stay alive on a credit card because I there's no money left in the bank two weeks into the month or what a week into the month. It's it's ridiculous and even now like. I mean, I'm still like that these days, but it's not booze, it's productive stuff. Ah, you're buying a mortgage. You're probably buying healthy food. Healthy or food, food for the kids. Mortgage, stuff for your family. Holidays. Car. I never went on a holiday. One, because I didn't trust myself being abroad with my pals like you. Me and you abroad? No way, man. Like drinking. Jail. Spanish like, jail. Or worse, you know what I mean? Like that's the, But that's the reality of it, mate. I was like, I would end up hurting myself, man, because I'd be like, on holiday, probably get even probably more take it even further than exactly. usual. Exactly, and again the climate it's warm. Aye, but plus I never had the money. I stopped drinking. Within that first year, I'd saved up to go to Florida for three weeks, which is life changing. That was the best holiday ever, man. And uh, I would never have done that if I didn't stop drinking. No way. Just there's so many differences, like overall health, mentally, physically. Like mentally, I don't sit and think, "Oh my god, I'm actually having a heart attack," because. Awake, I've woke up hungover. Clear head, man. Like, to the attack the day. Going to work in a better frame of mind to perform your job better. Like, do my job better. The job I do just now, quite a serious job. And the things that I do and say can affect somebody else's life who's vulnerable and needs help. So I'm proud of what I do now. And I mean, there's a lot of people that probably lose their jobs or don't get the promotion that they want or are too scared to go for stuff like that. I mean, not saying that will change when you stop drinking, but. It, it puts a focus on and you know if you want something, go for it. N- not everything turns out, but at least you know if 
something's in reach, go for it. If it's if he needs more work, put the focus in and the time in. You're not gonna get a, like fucking bummed about it and go drink a bottle of whiskey. Like I spent five years of my wo- my life moaning about in my job and hating it and going, I hate this and blah 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 blah, and I didn't do one thing about it because I was living to get to the weekend to get rest. Just working to live or drinking through the week and. Well, going into work, work with no, or going into work <coughs> with no, like, a, with half asleep and just wanting to get the day done to go home and go to bed or get a fucking pizza or whatever or go to the pub again. But as soon as I stopped drinking, I, right away, I've done a CV and applied for jobs and I got a job because I tried to get one. <laughs> like you believe in yourself, Paul? I believed in myself, but I literally just had the... This, well, the confidence, but just the clear head and the energy to actually f- Even do that something, itself, man. Though, like that gives you confidence. Like, not that you're instantly this perfect human being, and like, I feel more confident myself knowing that there is no excuse. If I do something wrong, I can apologize for it, or I can be stubborn about it. <laughs> but like, you know that you would never do anything obscene and out of character like you would when you drink, because you could end up in jail. You could end up like worse things could happen like, and you would never know like you wouldn't remember doing the thing that got you there well yeah totally man um, I was in the jail cells four times just through being an idiot just really Nothing silly stuff bad. like I didn't do it I didn't hurt MD I didn't hurt MD but myself but that was just all through being fucking luckily idiot. I escaped that because now I've got a decent job, but, <laughs> but stuff like that is so simple, it's so easy to get like a bit out of hand and then the wrong person walks by and then you're done for a breach of the peace or well, you're like just like drunk and disorderly and stuff. Or like just like, t- or you're just like on your own, passed out and the fucking Because you're road. not hurting anyone else, but you're doing stupid stuff in public and I think it's stuff like that is very serious as well and it can shape the rest of your life and luckily it hasn't for you, it yeah, hasn't for me. Exactly, man. Um, no, I'd say that... that to cut it long story short, the benefits pretty much everything. <laughs> everything that comes with booze that's bad. The only that dro- goes away, obviously. The, well, of course. The only drawback is probably if you're at a night out, a stag do whatever, that initial probably hour or two where it's the night's just starting and if he's getting the cold pints and all the rest of it and you're like, ah, pff, it's hard. I would love that right now. Or I just want to be... I just want to be able to have a few drinks with my mates or at a football match or something when we were on the pub before it. I just want to, I That's just, the only negative That's I think, the only bad thing, but that passes. Is that you wish that you could do it and not take it to the extreme, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's not worth it anyway because I would well, never... Well, there's another question I hadn't even planned, right? But this is quite an important question because um, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm sh- pretty certain people will ask you this quite regularly and definitely I, I get it regularly. With the type of person that you are now, and the mindset that you have, and you're a you're a you're a goal getter, kind of you've always you're always doing shit and um, getting shit done. Like, do you think? Like, what's your opinion on? Well, why 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 couldn't you have a few controlled relapse? <laughs> Aye, or surely you surely because you don't drink it for so long, and you know how good it is, you wouldn't do it. So you just have a few pints. Like, what's your thoughts on that? In in, th- in theory probably should but I think and again people probably say it's over dramatic they did it at the time but I think once you're an alcoholic you're an alcoholic like <coughs> I, I, I love booze 
seven years on drinking that Heineken, zero percent. Like, dude, it's an addiction. Like, it's it, an addiction. The, isn't the taste it? is there. The feeling's not there. I still get a wee kick in my face, like that way when you get like tipsy for the yeah. first time. I still get that when I drink them, and it, it's good to give myself that physical reminder. But it's a reminder that I would never drink again because see, if I drank an actual pint of beer or anything, I genuinely think the whole seven years past would just go right out the window. It'd just be like, I thought it's exactly. Let's fucking go. We didn't stop drinking because we wanted to, or because somebody told us to. We stopped because we had to, and I don't think that that addiction that we had, yeah, okay, we weren't drinking every day of the week, we were only waking up and drinking as soon as we woke up, well, seven days a week, <laughs> some, some days, <laughs> but that doesn't mean there wasn't an addiction, Exactly. that doesn't mean there wasn't a problem, because look at our fucking lives back then, you lost your job, I fucking almost lost my job so many times, and lost a lot of other things, and it was impacting ruining both our lives, that's a problem, right, that's an addiction, and that doesn't go away, because for five years for me, six years for you, you've not done it, seven years, you've not done it so I think if either of us went to the pub and had a pint I think as soon as we started drinking we would just be like fuck it'd be it like, be like we'd go nuts man it'd be like Pulp Fiction it'd be like a, a shot and I couldn't be trained like adrenaline to the heart I would <laughs> just go mad and that's when I know that I would never ever do it again like even if I thought I could control you can't it can't risk it man there, there's no chance and even if I was You're too much single with no kids which I'm not I would never I still would never ever ever do that and jeopardise do I go back Anything. to the person you were before, do you? Exactly. And I certainly don't, and I'm sure you don't. So, quite a, it's quite a fucking serious question next, man. Because uh, obviously you've got a fucking child now. <laughs> a boy that you probably look at every day and can't imagine your life without, man. So, do you think that if you had kept drinking, one, you would have got together with your partner, Lindsay, who you're going to marry, and then kept her because obviously you probably could have got a girlfriend or you had girlfriends but keeping them was probably the problem when you were drinking and obviously then you've you've had you've had your son uh do you think those things would have happened if you continued to drink when you stopped no like hands down no i think I think like if I'd met Lindsay, like I again, I'm not a I'm not a firm believer in fate and all the rest of it. It's such a hard thing to say exists and doesn't. Like many things, like stuff happens. Great, it's really just how it is. I guess there's no way to prove either or. But I think like even if I hadn't stopped drinking, I probably wouldn't have been in my band. I wouldn't have been out flying the night I met her. Like, but say I had met her. If you were pissed, I mean the circumstances like Lindsay. Lindsay had a, a kid just turning two when I met her, Daisy, my stepdaughter. And there's no way I would have felt responsible enough yeah, to totally. even pursue trying to look after a child and like almost fit into like a role model position yeah. for a child that's like not vulnerable but naive, like to pick up habits and stuff and like the way I would probably act. I mean, I was never an aggressive drunk. I wasn't really in relationships when I drank, so I don't even know how I would have been in that situation, yeah. but there's no way, like, her or anybody would have, like, stood for just the the sheer lack of, like, care and respect yeah. for myself, and, because I was never nasty to other people, it affected other people, but mm -hmm. not in a nasty, like, 
spiteful aggressively. It's just, it's just more a selfishness and upsetting folk a little bit. But I don't um, think I don't think any of that would have happened. I think if I had a child when I was drinking, I don't think it would have been in the right setting. I don't think it would have been meeting someone in a relationship, have a kid. It would maybe have happened in a not so straightforward way, <laughs> which wouldn't have been like it would have either have made me go worse and think, oh my aye, god, aye. what have I done? Yeah. But in the same token, it could have calmed you down as well. But I don't yeah. think it would have if it was in that kind of situation. Yeah. But I don't think any of, any of this would have happened if I was still drinking. Like no way, go, man. Like that. That's black and white to say that. You know, thank fuck he did then, man. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think when people have a problem like that and want to start a family, like it can be, it can be a game breaker. It can a deal breaker, even whatever the saying is. But <laughs> like some people, I mean, especially at this age, there's so many people around this having kids, getting engaged, getting married, starting their own businesses, being really successful in their kind of field, and like it's a serious age, like your twenties and stuff. A lot of people do grow up and want to do what they're going to do for the rest of their life or yeah. work towards something even bigger. But I think even sitting here at 31, like I don't feel the past seven years has been like that long a time. It's flown by and I think it's because everything's been really good and like been living a better quality life. So much has happened. Like I feel better. I feel healthier. I know that if I feel unhealthy, it's probably my diet, and that's my choice. Um, I should have thrown through the house into that as well, because you've got a house. Well, I bought a house, sold a house, bought a new house in the, in the, on the coast. Got a stepdaughter, got a son. Photography's still a major part of my life, hobby-wise as well, like as well as like as, as a side career as well, as, on top of what I do, like for a living as well. Totally. But none of this would be would be happening. No, no way. It would have finished a long time ago. The camera would have been sold for a couple of nights out. Yep. Like, I just, like, thankful for what I've got. Thankful that I stopped when I did. Because stuff could have changed drastically if I had maybe left it a wee bit longer. Totally. Or, um, but no, I don't think I would have met her. Or even had a chance of keeping someone like her. Totally. If I was still drinking. It's the same for myself with the life I have at the moment and um, leading such a fucking kind of active life and doing a job that I love and helping people there's obviously <laughs> I'm not going to do that when I'm if I'm still drinking so again it's not to sit here and say that we're this and we're that but it's just to say to people this is an example look of at the fucking happen. potential that you had what I had, but we didn't know it. But we didn't know it, not at all. I no one knew it. I didn't know I was capable of doing triathlons. I didn't know I was capable of lifting heavy weights and changing my body. You didn't know how talented you could be in your cho- your field of photography and videography and being a father and all the rest of it. Well, even like, I mean, just now, like I run, like I started a blog. One of my best mates, Tristan, who only met, punt it out. What's the three years ago? Like North, it's called. So it's basically like documenting Scotland and further. Yeah. Tristan's done a lot of stuff. He's done Everest. He's done Peru, California. He's looking to do some stuff f- even further afield. And like, we just want to like create 
visuals for companies to use to help promote the kind of lifestyle that we like, the outdoors yeah. and stuff. And he was a professional athlete for years, played ice hockey. So for me, going out and trying to like conquer Monroe's in Scotland, like they're difficult. I mean, even the, the fittest people that I know have tried, and even that still is difficult for them. But if I was still drinking, trying to do stuff like that, I just wouldn't. It wouldn't formulate into anything. Yeah. It would just be another idea that you would try and do. I wouldn't be able to keep up physically. The photos wouldn't be done as well. The focus of the brand wouldn't be there. And it's just it's none just of it is feasible. It's just all about. It's just all about people. It really upsets me and really gets to me when I see friends or clients or even people that I don't really know just not not showing potential when you know you've got they've got it maybe you know somebody who's talented in a certain thing but they're not doing it to the extent they should be because I mean, there's maybe a, a, an underlying it's, it's issue it's cliched sound but you hear people in power not like politicians and stuff but people maybe like famous rappers famous musicians famous actors that stand because they have a voice, because they've got following, yeah. and people will listen and take influence from them. And it sounds cliched, but like like you're saying, even if you see people that you don't really know, and you see they've got a kind of wee flair for something, and you're like, you can do whatever you want. Like Not everyone exactly in this world is going to be successful, or rich, or both. Whatever you think is more important. Not everyone will get to that stage, but as long as you try your best, enjoy what you're doing, possibly make a living off it or at least some stuff in the side then you've you've won your own kind of race you yeah. know and totally but the thing is and i i used to be someone who the words that came out of my mouth was i wish i could do that i wish i could look like that i wish i could wear that fucking tight t-shirt i wish or i can't do that i can't do that i wish i could play football again all those things i thought i couldn't do fucking could do them. I was just choosing to live a lifestyle that not, didn't enable me to do them. Just impacted everything else. Changed the lifestyle and I'm doing all that stuff and I, and I love it more than I ever would love that moment of enjoying getting buried with all the negative side effects and it's just it's like, yeah, it's just it's like people can be whatever they want to be. We live in a day and age where you can make a living off YouTube if you want, like, Anything. I mean, even you look at you, you could do anything like the technology and the internet, apps, apps, and everything that is avail available, like that's out there. If you put enough time and dedication, and um, just your, just just put everything you have into it, then if you're passionate about something, you're probably going to do well at it. And as you say, it might not be your sole job or whatever, but if you're at least doing it on the side, then it's. And even if you don't make money off it, if you enjoy it and it's but worthwhile to ah, you, then... You're spending your time productively and doing something that makes you happy rather than something that destroys you. And if you are going down a way of you drink too much or whatever else, obviously we're talking about alcohol today, that you're never going to have that time, clear mind and effort to do that thing. No. And, um, and it's a dangerous game because if you get into that mindset, the times where you could be doing that stuff you're going to fill with something else because you're bored and you don't want to attempt to do that, so yeah. you're going to end up going back to, I'll just have a wee drink. Aye. And there's nothing wrong with people. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely nothing here to say that drink is the devil, like to us it was. And well, that's it kind of is, man, but... It is, 
if you treat it like that. I mean, there's some people that can drink in moderation, and that's fine if you want to do that. But if you've got a problem or you feel a problem coming on, you need but to make of that Of course, choice, man, there's you know? absolutely nothing. There's obviously nothing wrong with people socially drinking because it's, it's fucking good fun and it tastes nice. And But as soon as that changes from social drinking to getting mad bit and, yeah, and affects your spending all your money and, and sp- affecting your personality and your life, then that's different. Um, so you stopped drinking uh, that year and I didn't. I kept going and it must have been about two years, maybe. What, you're seven years now? Seven. Okay, so I'm five, so two years. Um, and I remember you still hanging about with me at times when I was still bevying. So, what was your thoughts <laughs> looking at me? Because <laughs> I, I remember one particular time vividly when um, I was off work for a few a week or something like that, and I literally spent the whole week in James Watt Street flat getting wrecked all day and I think you were there for a couple of days for some reason I can't remember why, why you're choosing to hang about I with me when I was literally drinking non-stop but I don't you remember were there judging you like, like what was your much. actual opinion like and thinking were you worried or were you like I think deep down like I knew you had a problem obviously but again it wasn't until you stopped I kind of realised as much as we spent so much time together and drank together more, more importantly like because you managed to get up and go to work so many times, I knew you had a problem. But to me, I thought you still had something in you that made you do what you had to do. Yeah. Even though it didn't really make much difference because you would still be drinking as much and you would still not go to work a lot of the time. Oh, there's so many times I didn't go to work as well. And I just think, like, I kind of always felt that you would stop eventually because I knew that, again, there was there was potential there. Musically, like, obviously training and stuff yeah. wasn't really a part of at yeah, that point totally at all totally. but I just kind of I don't think I, I thought you would stop but it didn't surprise me when you did so I think subconsciously I knew that you would end up following that same kind of path yeah. and um, but no I don't think I ever really was not condescending like obviously I could have stood there and be like you need to stop this you've got <laughs> an issue but I didn't really feel that comfortable about saying things like that to people, especially people that I knew. It's a, it's a hard thing. It's hard because you don't want to sound like a preacher and you don't want to sound like... I know when I was stopping, or before I had intentions to stop, if there was someone around me like that, it probably would have like, kind of... Like, immaturely pushed me into doing it more, like, to rebel against, like, oh, fuck you, I don't have a problem. Yeah. And then just drinking even heavier to kind of prove to myself I didn't. Probably right, yeah. Which in turn makes it worse. But no, I, I think I always kind of, in the thinking about it now, it didn't really surprise me. I think you were smart enough to know and we did talk about it a lot. I remember, I remember the weekend that I stopped, you talked about what happened that weekend with you. Mine was kind of summer, just not as not as bad in the work sense um, because it was a bank holiday, thank fuck, so the Monday didn't count anyway. But just get more um, steam in the Monday. Aye, it was... Uh, I'd been going through a, it was a really bad year, like drink wise, because I had 
I had a I had a time the previous year when I stopped for five weeks, which was fucking insane for me at that time. And um, unfortunately, my birthday came at that point, and I just couldn't go through my birthday without drinking. And then that was me back into the the routine of doing it all Probably the time. Worse than and it was though. Well. You're right, mate. It fucking was, man. And um, it was the worst. The last year of my drinking was the worst. I'd probably say, well. I say the worst, but you weren't involved, so it couldn't be that bad. Nah, but it was you probably just had to drink. I <laughs> probably was, man. But it was one of the worst. Like it was, it was getting so bad um, to the point where I was just so fucking unhappy. I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I kept falling out with my dad and losing him for a few weeks, and then he'd forgive me, and then the same thing would happen again. And Oh man, I just I just did not like who I was, but I just couldn't stop drinking because, as I said earlier, that was what was making me the happy. Was the most important thing because it's like it's making you happy and sad, but there's that wee glimmer of happiness that just it's, it. it's just that hour, those few hours when you start drinking to when before you black out basically, and you're having a fucking great time. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it was getting pretty bad, but they got to a point where I was with a girl at this point we'd been out for maybe six months or something and I did really care about the girl but uh, it was a Thursday night I went out drinking after work um, and then I had a few hours sleep I went into work on a Friday and I was meant to go to my girlfriend at the time's flat after work to have like a quiet weekend basically and I says I was going for a few pints after work with just one of the guys in the branch at the time so it was nothing more than that that was in I worked in Hamilton and I ended up drinking in Hamilton all night turned my phone off and all that so I wasn't getting texts asking where I was no doubt ended up in Lark Hall in some random pub in Lark Hall because the guy for work lived there I hardly knew this guy he was about 20, 30 year older than me but because he was drinking and I didn't want to go face the music for the, my girlfriend at the time I was like I'm coming with you mate where you going he's like I'm going to call meet my mates and I was like I'm fucking coming so I went drank until closing that pub or the, the last train and got the train into town and went out met folk whoever was in town went out that was a Friday um, then drinking all day uh, on the Saturday and went to a party on the Saturday night absolutely fucking bluttered man Still had contacted the girlfriend, um, fell out with my dad again due to the Saturday, I was oh, I let him down over something, and uh, that carried on to the Sunday, I stayed over at the party on Saturday night, woke up on the Sunday, went into the fridge, found a bottle of wine, started drinking that, still not contacted the girlfriend at this point, she's phoning everybody. Maybe pro obviously worried, but I was just a selfish dick at this point, and was drinking around my fr my friends. He wasn't even drinking. I just sat there and fucking drank all day, and he wasn't even drinking. What contacted him? He was like, "Right, mate, you need to go." Basically, I went out back home. I've contacted a few people. Just as you said, you're just looking Anybody for people to drink with, man. With. Found a few people, got them round to the flat, drinking all night. Went to the classic grand Sunday night. Fucking out my out my nut, uh, drinking on the Monday because it was a bank holiday. Was drinking on the Monday, and then I'd obviously by this point totally fucked things up <laughs> with with the family uh, and then the girlfriend, <coughs> and um, 
my god man see that Tuesday I was in work and <laughs> that, that was it that was it man I said I, I'd never I'd never felt that bad like physically mm-hmm. mentally I was thinking things I fucking hadn't thought before and that I never thought that I would that I, I would ever enter, enter my mind but I was feeling so low um I just felt the fucking worst I've ever felt probably and uh, I said to myself I can't do this anymore I can't I can't do it because I'm going to end up really doing myself in and I don't want that I didn't want that and uh, I told myself I says I'm never drinking again and I've not drank since that Monday but I remember meeting you because I was going to slam dunk like two weekends I later. remember you kind of and like I was like how the fuck how, man, how am I going to do this I was like I can't I think not you actually go. thought about not going I, well, I obviously did but I was really like the starting line of playing I need to go <laughs> um, and I was like I've paid a lot of money I wanted so many good bands I need to go but how the hell am I going to not drink but I knew I didn't want to so I was like John I knew this would be the first hurdle though if you got over that yeah that but, would be it but I remember meeting up with you and talking to you and you were just like telling me about how much better everything was and just about how you'd improved your life basically and I was like you know what man I'm fucking doing this I'm gonna fuck really do it and uh, and I did I got through that weekend uh, got through my birthday um, without drinking that year and then my dad died and then and that's probably that, the biggest that was it man that was like, that's what's kept me that's what kept me off it man but again that in the same way could have been the biggest oh I definitely def- I almost went to the like, shop like, and like I said it and I was talking about it in a previous podcast I did almost my first thought was I need to get fucked I can't fucking deal with this right. um, and I think that's, obviously fuck, that's thank fuck I never man that's the worst thing right to happen obviously but I think you stopping before that was oh, like fucking you're talking about fate and that right and I know it's not nah, but yeah. if there's anything close to fate it's got to be in that a, in a selfish way just talking about your drinking not talking about death as like in a positive way but I think you stopping at that exact moment in time is the only positive for that whole situation is that you didn't yeah. end up because you could have went if you were still drinking and that happened that like, like that would have been fucking there'd be no myself. coming back for that nah I would have drank myself at a point where I couldn't physically go to work. I would have lost my job. I would not have any money, and I'd fucking be—I don't know where I'd be. Might, might not even be here exactly. to be honest, because there, was no, there would have been nothing stopping me at that point. So thank the fucking Lord that I stopped before that, because uh, like that's crazy. And again, it's, it's another crazy. Think if I didn't, it's another weird thing. Like because he got to see you two months at so. the best. Like obviously now like you've just kept going mm-hmm. but he witnessed that he witnessed the start and the start as I said in our podcast he, he took me out my birthday and says would you want to drink and I says I'd like coke and he went you're not drinking and I was like I told you I'm, I'm off it I'm not doing it and he was so and that's probably the proudest he moment. was so happy man he couldn't, be- he couldn't believe it man but ultimately he was he was he was delighted because he knew I was a fucking and I was destroying he, myself he knew that there was no more worry there about what you exactly. were doing he could, hey, he could have probably you know if I was drinking that day he would have went home and been probably went to bed worried that god he's going to end up in trouble for the rest yeah. of the week so just a wee bit you talked about your photography man uh, just like how did that all come about and um, how's it going and what, what's your plans for the future because you seem to be you've also got your your 
main job, but you seem to be doing a lot of shit with it, man. It's I, think I don't know how you fucking have the time to, to do it all, to be honest, mate, but like you seem to be smashing through it. It's just, I mean, obviously now, seven years of the sauce, like, you just kind of, like, learn to, like, and again, I've seen a lot of stuff online recently about people that maybe work in, like, self-employed industry of being like doing creative stuff and like putting so much time into like what they do and again you'll be the same and you've obviously got a lot of physical demand in what you do personally to keep yourself in shape and to put others through it but it's just trying to fit in as much as you can when you can and I, I've learned a lot recently about having obviously the kids and stuff you, you try not to put so much time into it because you want to have that personal work balance, Close. life balance. But it's hard sometimes because you feel like if you're not working, you're not getting an opportunity or you're, if you're not posting a picture online, then less people are going to see it. And if yeah. you don't post, no one's seeing what you're doing. And I've kind of like, I'm quite level-headed with the whole thing. Like social media, I don't really, kind of, I don't take it for granted, but, I don't like to get myself too obsessed with it because yeah. ultimately when you create something you put it online because you want people to then hit a like button so that you know people accept it and it's good i've kind of i've kind of forgot about all that stuff like obviously it's a great tool platform to showcase your work yeah but now it's all about quality and i think a lot of the work i'm doing with the blog mainly it's all about the quality of our like likes and stuff i mean i know that helps businesses see instantly how many people when you share something it's going to be seen by but i think at the end of the day now i'm creating stuff for brands that they can use on their platforms and i'm starting to go down a route where i'm working with big clients getting proper paid jobs and i'm still keeping like like they're still letting me run creatively to do what I want was yeah. like a, maybe a kind of guideline but I think I'm at the best point I've been at and I know it's been progressing for seven years since I stopped drinking but there has been ups and downs but just now I just feel like it is really going really smooth and Good. obviously continuing to not drink is obviously a bonus as well um, but can you see yourself trying to push in the future to make it something that you do for a living? Possibly. I mean, I've been kind of thinking about that recently and talking about it with a couple of people and I think I had planned before I'm 40, which is nine years, which is horrible to say. But I think, it's, I think it's more it's more like four or five year plan is to be self-employed. Like, awesome, I, man. Again, it, it comes down to like the simple fact of maybe having one or two jobs at least where you've got a contract in place where you will get paid this amount, yeah. this amount of times a year or you'll get this fee once a year and you'll do this in X, Y, and Z for us. And then obviously you've still got, you're still freelance, yeah. you've still got jobs coming in randomly here and there. Um, so that's the kind of future plan, like hoping that I can self-sustain. And I mean, I like my job, but if I could be my own boss and... But then again, that's the thing, if you're your own boss and it's all you, all you, all you have, and you've got so much more time to put into it to, to fucking make sure that you get done what no you excuses. need to get done. There's no excuse like, oh, I was working late so I couldn't do this when I went home. Yeah. You make up your own rules, you make up your own times, you work when you can. But you're going to be passionate about it so you'll, you'll do what needs to be done. And you've got the drive because you need the money to, sadly, you need money to live. So 
you need to get the money in for the mortgage, you need to get money in for food, for yeah. fuel, all the stuff. And then obviously you've got your social stuff that you like doing, or I like doing with the kids, like taking them places. Yeah. And but I mean, so you know, if you're passionate about it, you're good at it, chances are you'll be fine, mate. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> right, okay, man. Uh, it's been it's been good, man. It's been really good, but we're approaching the end. Um, Apparently there's something here that's going <laughs> to... Surprise me, so... We're just going to play a wee game at the end, but... Do I need to hide? No, this isn't it right now, man. This is like the end of the... the, the, the what's called an interview, man. The conclusion. Obviously like you would get an essay in school. But, yeah, um, anyone that's listening who potentially th- or thinks they might have an issue with alcohol, they think that it's impacting their life in a negative way or even ruining their life because let's be honest we knew it was ruining our lives before we actually stopped so what's your final words on the, on on the the, the, the the topic man and what would you say to I somebody think, to i mean the main thing to help again, them basically come back to mental health really big topic online obviously it's more than a topic being discussed online um going back to that thing that a lot of people are saying online, no one's alone. There will be people out there that probably feel alone. There probably is people out there that don't have anyone. But because social media is a thing, there's you're you're going to have hopefully at least one person yeah. you can maybe talk to. And again, it doesn't need to be someone you know. Doesn't need to be someone that you've ever met in person. Like anyone at all, if they are been in the same boat, know someone that's been in the same boat, probably do even if they don't know anything about it, I'm sure if you're in with the right people or you've got friends that you can trust or you can talk to them. Like, no one's going to turn you away and be like, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk. And if there is people that maybe don't understand it or get awkward talking about it, that's fine. Not everyone is going to understand it. But talk about it. Talk to a doctor about it. Yep. Go to counselling. I did that. I went to counselling, man. <laughs> I'd done counselling for a while. First four attempts were terrible because I didn't feel like just when you I didn't want to stop. I still the drinking I side. See, I'd already stopped. But then I went when I was stopping fully. I went to a counsellor and it helped me with the, the anxiety side of it, um, all the rest of it. But there's, there's always at least someone you can talk My to. My counselling was free. Didn't cost anything. My NHS. Go to see your GP through your work, occupational health. But, I mean, if, if you don't want to do that, and that's maybe, like, too much for you at the start, send a message to Scott, send a message to me. We'll put our emails up at the bottom. Perfect. I know that sounds ridiculous. Like, we're not know-alls, alls, we're not experts, but we've been through it we're personally. Talk. We've watched each other <laughs> go through it. That's it. And if that's even a 1%, like, you could tell if you even take 1% from that. Anybody listening to this podcast will hopefully hear the passion and the the honesty about how we feel about it and like how 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 better off we are but i think the biggest take home of everything is no matter how much fun you're having at the time no matter how nice it tastes whatever it's it's just not worth it no it's not it's not worth it and again nothing wrong with sociable drinking drinking in safe amounts and not changing affecting your life or changing who you are but if it is that if it is going that bit, f- bit further it's just it's just not worth it man it's a hundred percent man definitely not it's ju- but it's i definitely if you're having issues think you've got issues 
think it could become an issue, chances are you've got a problem already and there is issues if you're thinking about it. Then get in touch with your friend, get in touch with your family member, GP, us, two clowns, anybody. Just don't sit and let it fester because you'll just, even if you don't suffer from depression, you'll get yourself down, you'll feel depressed. Find a hobby, get a hobby. And you'll drink. Get a hobby, get a goal. Yeah. Of like to keep you busy, to keep your to keep you because the biggest thing I think is bo- a lot of the big things boredom and people get bored they go they end up drinking through boredom I think and I, I used to maybe do that quite a lot and again it's, it's starting young as well like uh, in this country particularly people start young and it just becomes part of you and that's not totally. it's not really anybody's fault but if it does become a problem don't let it get to a point where you're either going to end up hurting yourself hurting others. Both. God, one moment of madness can then put you in jail for, for something for, for months or years when you're not a bad person. Or if you feel down, depressed through it and you do something to yourself and you end up not here or you get injured due to something else that could have been prevented. Like I mean, it says it's crazy, man. I mean, there's there's so people many. that suffer depression, sadly, just generally, but even if you don't have depression in general, alcohol is going to... It's a depressant, so there's so much you can... Like stay away from if you stop doing it if you've got issues so totally I like it mate now this is your life we're just uh, going to rattle off a few remember the times right so I'm just going to basically bring up some memories of, of us of what I have of you and I'm just going to tell me what you think I'm about it. I'm surprised you may remember anything, but let's Well, go. this is the thing, right? This is this should hopefully... There should this be might not even be actual things that happened. <laughs> 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 Fuck up, they all, they all happened. This, uh, this is the mild version. Left out the fucking bad shit, man, trust Good. me. Because obviously you have the potential to come back at me here, so I didn't want to end up <laughs> getting all my fucking dirtiest secrets getting told. Right, so remember that time you spewed out a fagged out and shat yourself at the same time? For anybody that's not Scottish listening. He was sick and a cigarette came out of his mouth that he'd obviously swallowed or something, I don't know. But that pro- was outside Sleazy's. probably downed a pint and someone had put a, a cigarette out <laughs> in it and it wasn't my pint and I probably downed it in a that beer was, garden. And then I was that was sick. my 19th birthday. And at the time I was being sick, <laughs> I'd done the toilet and then I had to take my boxes off. And Flushed them down the toilet and we went out to the ABC. Just wore jeans. Went free. Remember when we went to London, forgive it a name, and you couldn't walk properly before we even got to the hotel? <laughs> I disappeared to go and buy cigarettes, didn't even smoke, but obviously I smoked <laughs> every time I drank, so I basically smoked every day. I was like, where is he? And I ended up playing football with local kids in like a wee AstroTurf, like oh five-a-side park. Goodness. And obviously in my, in my naive head, I'm thinking, this is just me being nice and having fun, which it was, it was hilarious. And I even got to the point where I ended up in a newsagent buying sweets for kids and myself. <laughs> Think how that sounds, right? And I, I'm just being a genuine good guy. Unbelievable. But think how that could have looked to the people around me. Ridiculous. I mean, these, thing, these things are funny, but again, it's like shit that's like... It's like something you see what, in a sketch. What like, are you doing? You know what I mean? You, you can, I mean, you should be able to do stuff like that in society, but sadly, you can't. That same uh, trip when we were <laughs> coming home, we were walking up 
from the exhibition centre from to my flat, and we were actually walking <coughs> up the street whilst projectiles spewing as we walked in but sync also, with each other. <laughs> also, we kept walking to try and blend in with the guys in the suits that were coming off the train after a, a long shift, breaking the bank and shit. <coughs> and we actually God, just man. kept walking whilst being sick, as if the sick wasn't <coughs> going to give it away that we weren't normal. That was a bit fucked up, man. Um, oh, God. Went to Rev one night and you didn't have your ID and... <laughs> You told me to go into Rev and go to the bar and get a drink and fall into the fire exit. Like it was an accident. And which I'd done, and you were taking a shite up the alley, and you <laughs> quickly finished and ran into Rev through the fire exit after just taking a shite in the alley. And and as you, much as that's and you got in and disgusting, I did use your school books, your school jottles <laughs> as toilet paper. <laughs> but also, it was like metal to <coughs> solid. You fell against the fire exit quickly before the security guards seen anything. I ran in the fire exit. We t-shirt a, your grabbed, <laughs> grabbed a pint of old English t-shirt over my head, like oh cornholio. My God, man. <laughs> TB. So that if they looked back at the cameras, they wouldn't be able to see who it was, so they couldn't pick me out of the crowd. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just genius idea. Right? But we got ingenious. in. You uh, got we in. We got in. We had a great night. Ah, it was amazing. We ended up back at a party. I see, how do we remember this shit, man? But um, another rev one actually is uh, another birthday of mine that you got kicked out literally ten minutes after we all got there, and you were standing just because you were that time, drunk. That was the time we had the limo. Aye. Uh, you're was, literally standing outside was really, Rev, I was actually crying, going, crying. everybody, come with me, okay? <laughs> I'll pay you all into the garage, and this was at like half ten or something. And that's, that's the, I mean, on a serious <laughs> note, that's how depressing it got, like, because I wasn't allowed in somewhere to drink and continue the party or continue the con- consuming of alcohol, I was genuinely crying, I grew, probably not a grown man at that point, but... And that's how bad it was even then. Like, I know people probably do that that don't have problems, but that was generally one of the most saddest points in my life. That was, that was depressing. Like, is that it? Is that all there? We went to the cinema on a Sunday. Went to the cinema on a Sunday uh, and got home on fucking Wednesday. I don't remember that, thank God. you do. (laughs) Really? Yeah, man. We ended up. What did we go see? We ended up out in the classic grand. Meet the Fockers? Fuck knows. <laughs> we went, Fuck no, this knows. was near the end, man. Fuck knows four. We went to the cinema on the Sunday night. We got tins for the cinema. So we started drinking the cinema and got a taste. We went to the Rufus. Got then we went taste. to the classic grand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ended yeah, up yeah, back yeah. at our house. Ended up in Govan, of all places, that I ended up moving to, having to cycle by this <laughs> spot every day, thinking, oh, my God, but what happened? But basically, I mean, this, right, that's funny, going to the cinema on a Sunday and getting, home, getting back. Like, I ended up, I remember, I went, go, went in to work on Wednesday. And uh, they're just like, ah, where the fuck have you been? But um, but that was a low point for us, man. Like, I remember when we got back into town one of those nights and we were fucking, like, we didn't have any money and we were just going to the pub and hope that somebody would get us a drink basically and you always would and I think that's another serious point like people fueled it but I don't think people genuinely knew either I remember one time we went to Nice and Sleazy's this was that point and we met Sam for Twin Atlantic and we literally I don't think we asked for a drink he offered to buy us a drink but we were I think we made it pretty obvious we were quite obviously saying we were skint and we got a couple of bottles of beer 
and we pretty much left straight after that because probably too embarrassed to not be able to repay the favour. I remember. And that's pretty bad. You actually went to go home. You went, you went on the bus, <laughs> but you got off at the next stop and, and came, ran back, back. came back up to my flat. Crazy, man. Fucking nuts, man. Um, I was going to say that one, but I don't think I will. I think I'll leave that one. Uh, you're at my flat, Kelvin Grove, and <laughs> I <laughs> walked into my bedroom and you had opened up a big fucking Madeira cake loaf and you were stamping it into my carpet. Who fucking does that? That was ridiculous, man. And then not only that, I was like, what the fuck? Clean this up and you fucking threw my hoover down the stairs and broke it so you could like, can I clean it up? The hoover doesn't work. For <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> on the same night, you shat on my baking tray and <laughs> put it in the oven. This, this, is, this is classic. This was not me. It was, man. <laughs> it was fucking you, if man. If I'd done this, I would remember. Apparently, it was a man called Fandy. <laughs> but then David Gillespie said it was him. And David Gillespie's not the most trustworthy it guy, you, is he? David Gillespie done a shit on Scott Douglas Craig's baking tray. It was you. And cooked it. Only, no, they didn't cook it. It was, they were... He preheated the oven the, the next day yeah. for a pizza. And that started to bake the shit. <laughs> this was not me. It was you. I'm 31 years old. This is embarrassing. But at the time, I would have claimed this. <laughs> this did not happen. You obviously just don't remember it then. You got me to jail twice. Thanks. I didn't get you the jail, know, you made your own decisions. I know. We were fighting over a bottle of cider. The first time. At Queen Street Station. Yeah. And, and they thought I was basically they assaulting me. me into newspaper stands. Obviously, it wasn't an assault. Well, it was, but not something that was going to be classed as an assault. And the BTP grabbed him in, overnight. pretended I was pressing charges, kept him in overnight, obviously, until he got sobered up because he was breaching... The second time we had been out in Blantyre. In Blant, well, we went in the town, went to DBC, went back to yours. Absolutely fucking. Drunk we were in the fuck. street. We fell out. But we started. Thought we fell out, and I was like, "Fuck you!" I'm walking home, and I started trying to walk from Blantyre to City Centre, and I was basically, I basically passed out. And someone's in obviously in the road. In. Oh, that the police have just drove past me and picked me up. And again, again, we're, probably we're laughing about these funny stories, but that that was obviously a very I mean, that, low point. Man. That could have, I mean, obviously it was nothing major, and there was no charges or anything, obviously. But uh, could have fucking it could have changed your life. Like, give us one more. This is the, this is the uh, embarrassing. <laughs> one more. Choose wisely. Don't take it too far. Fucking exactly, man. You used to think you were Pete Doherty. <laughs> Without a fucking haircut. The first day I moved into 31F, you almost got my windows panned in because there was a guy walking past and you shouted out at him, fuck you, you fat comic book hero. And he said he's going to come... I'm a fat comic and book And he said he's going to come back and break my windows the first day I moved into my new flat. Shite that. And then, yeah, the other one was just like... That time we went to Blink and we're drinking the SECC straight vodka at nine in the morning. And like I actually we ended spoke up about this with Lindsay recently. We ended up actually rolling about the SECC floor, that was my crying first, into my each first, other. My first ever wage as a working human being at the age of 18, working for the Inland Revenue at the time. And I lifted £100 
I didn't <laughs> buy anything. I didn't have any money. I was swimming on the tiles. Kids with their parents. I ended up losing my favourite T-shirt that was actually Scott's. Ended up in a different T-shirt. I remember... <laughs> I, I remember them playing a song called Happy Holidays, You Bastard, which consists of someone ejaculated into a sock, <laughs> which is a grandfather in the story. That's what I remember. I remember trying to get on stage. I think in my head I was going to go on top of the barrier and jump on and like grab Tom DeLong. And all I remember is crying at the end, everybody walking past, and I'm sitting crying, and my arms were all bruised, which I said was the bouncers, but probably just me falling <laughs> over the, flopping over the barrier at the oh front. Oh my God, man. Um, but aye, that was a total waste. But again, it's funny now, but thinking back then at that age, doing things like that, like, so dangerous. I mean, they were, so dangerous. they were our favourite band ever, obviously, and uh, I can't remember one song. No. Ejaculate into a sock. That's all you that's remember. That's all I remember. <laughs> what a sad. <laughs> oh my God. What I, mean? I just remember literally us two howling, crying on the floor, and all these, as you say, all these parents were walking by with their kids. <laughs> us two idiots were literally. Li- other than me having a sleeve of tattoos at 18, oh we probably still looked about 14, 15. So the parents must have been like, oh my God, these kids are the same age as my kids, and look at the state of them. That's what you don't want to be, kids. Oh, I don't know. So maybe we helped some other people that way as well. But like subconsciously. I mean, that's only a few of them, but I mean, obviously the the, the bad ones. I'm not we're not going to talk about okay. on here. But that was just a few um, highlight highlight reels from uh, when we were younger. And that's that. Anything fun. else to finish on? Nah. Thanks for coming on, man. It's obviously having a wee bit of a laugh at the end there, but obviously it's quite a, it's quite a fucking. It's a serious subject, man. And, and like, I appreciate you coming on and being honest. Appreciate being asked, man. And yeah, but thanks for being honest and and them um, saying stuff and t- opening up about things that you maybe aren't proud of, and you know potentially going to be helping people, man. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening, and. See you next week.